My name is James Rowlands, and in 2015, I started a WNR podcast with my friend, Dan Mike. And every month, we bring you the latest collections, newest content, 205 Live, and the crown jewel of the WNR NXT update. Also, each month, the latest pay-per-views, and we are live, not only for the big four, but every takeover as well. Plus, in 2019, we go back 20 years and witness the attitude rise and the WCW's demise. Until we've watched everything, we're with you and we we are the WNR. Yes, hello, I am James Rowlands, and as always I'm joined by... Dan White. And today it's the WNR 2.10, and it's possibly my favourite time of year, because I don't have to do anything, because Dan, it's now time for your mystery WrestleMania. Well, I have a choice of three alternate intros for you to choose from, because I'm going to be doing the alternate intro yes. this time. So I'll give you a number, I want you to do number two. I'm not sure if you know the film... Because it's not Little Shop of Horrors or a drag race or something like that. I leave this as a declaration of intent so no one will be confused. One, Sivis Packham Parabellum, Latin. Boot camp sergeant made us recite this like a prayer. Sivis Packham Parabellum. If you want peace, prepare for war. Two, Frank Castle is dead. He died with his family. Three, in certain extreme situations, situation. the law is inadequate. In order to shame its inadequacy, it is necessary to act outside the law, to pursue natural justice. This is not a vengeance revenge. It is not a valid motive. It's response. No, not vengeance. Punishment. So that is from The Punisher... Which, if you talk about the original one, must have come out a few years ago. You're not talking about the Netflix series. I'm not talking about the Netflix series, no. It's the film starring Thomas Jane, John Travolta. Oh, wow. So, you know, we've got a lot of uh, a little hint there if anybody wants to take a guess. But, Dan, why don't you uh, start off, you can choose it, please, on the big screen that we have in front of us, that we have in the WR studio. Put me, put me and all of us out of our misery and please tell us what WrestleMania we are watching. It is WrestleMania 20 from 2004. So, WrestleMania 20, wow. So, your choice last year was 21, WrestleMania 20 now. Now, you've got a few, well, I don't know, you prepared for this episode and I haven't. I've got nothing in front of me. So, I'm going to have to go off memory. I do remember this is where it all begins again and the build-up for WrestleMania 20 was unlike anything else we've seen. Yeah, so where it all begins again, we're at Madison Square Garden. So, the Boys Choir of Harlem starts us off.
years ago, one man had a vision. It began here, and it would change our world. As the vision grew, we cheered it on. Stood in awe. Held onto our seats. And gave up our hearts. The boyhood dream has come true. We watched with utter disbelief. He won't do the song! Can't believe my eyes! Stunned silence. The Austin era has begun! And sheer amazement. But above all, we've been inspired and enriched by the vision. Welcome to WrestleMania! Sometimes things are so special in your life that words cannot explain. The history alone in that place makes Madison Square Garden special. My family's gonna come there. My wife, my mom, my dad, my daughter. Everything that I've ever wanted out of life comes down to this one day, this one short period of time. My passion, the thing you dream about and consumes you. People are gonna remember this forever. People will say, you know, that match was worth coming back for. You haven't lived, you haven't breathed until you've danced in WrestleMania. Tonight will be like no other. Tonight is the showcase of the immortals. They will achieve the impossible and forge new beginnings. Tonight, men will hunt down their dreams. Tonight, no one holds back. And tonight is where it all begins. Again. Yeah, it was a, it was a load of build-up to WrestleMania 20. You know, It's probably one of the greatest builds to any mania that we've had just because it felt so special. I mean, I remember watching in 2003 and you had the WrestleMania 20 in the background for most of the events, didn't you, you know? You did indeed, yes. It, it, I think this is when WWE actually used to build towards WrestleManias as opposed to taking it from month to month. Yeah, without a doubt, you know, if you look at the the, the matches on the card as we're going to see, you know, the, the kind of the build up to them, even if you include like the Untaker's return here tonight against Kane, uh, being buried alive at Survivor Series in 2003. Uh, and then, you know, you had um, the Royal Rumble 2004 Rumble because uh, that's when Kane's, I think, in the ring, you hear the, the Untaker bell toll and you're thinking, oh, Taker's going to come out. I think it ends up being Spike Dudley coming to the ring and getting choke slammed. And it just had the excitement there. So, Dan, why have you chose this WrestleMania? It's a WrestleMania that I, I used to once own on DVD. That's before the network. And I, I don't know, I've seen it many, many times. And it's it's one that I, I like watching through. It's I think the whole thing is thoroughly enjoyable. Mm-hmm. It's got some good moments in it. Some even better moments towards the end as well. It sticks out in my memory of one that I've thoroughly enjoyed. And, you know, by all reports, it's a very good WrestleMania as well. Yeah, it is, it is a very good WrestleMania. You know, you think about, uh, of course, watching this on the WWE Network. But on the DVD, as you mentioned, there's a fantastic documentary called Mania of Mania about the behind the scenes of WrestleMania 19, which if, if, if you haven't got the DVD, I would suggest going out and buying it. It's one of the, the best wrestling documentaries 
out there uh, as opposed to this. But like I said, the build-up to WrestleMania 20 and kind of and what it meant. And this is kind of, you know, going back to the very beginning of WrestleMania 1 in uh, Madison Square Garden. And this has kind of been the end of the, I say small arenas because it's MSG. But you get 20, 21 and 22, which would be the last kind of three that were, you know, in the small arenas, even though it was Los Angeles, Chicago and, of course, New York. And I think New York's a perfect setting uh, for WrestleMania. Of course, it's going to be in New York, New Jersey this year as well. First match, James. John Cena versus the Big Show United States Championship. It is indeed, yes. Yeah. I, I, like I say, I've watched this mania a lot, and this is kind of, I think, building towards, you know, we talk about watching WrestleMania 15, five years later, how much it's grown. Well, you know, just watching this the first match, John Cena, who would have thought John Cena would become like a 16-time WWE champion after this? Yeah, without a doubt. So this is 15 years ago now, then. 15, That's crazy yeah, yeah. to think. Well, it shows a lot of, you know, what's happened over the last 15 years. I mean, you know, the rise of certain wrestlers. There's a few kind of new fresh face people coming from OVW. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. And, you know, a few youngsters coming up. And it is just, you know, how some people have lasted. Some people haven't lasted as well. This is definitely the kind of end of a certain era in WWE because, you know, like I said, people like The Rock, Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, even Brock Lesnar in, in that case, you know. Well, Brock Lesnar, Goldberg, their match, yeah. they kind of both got booed out of the arena. And then who would have thought, you know, what, 12, 13 years later, they would have been accepted back with open arms. Yeah, think about someone like Eddie Guerrero as well. Like, this is his last kind of, I know he got to WrestleMania 21, against Mysterio, but here with the WWE Championship Online, you know, months since beating Brock Lesnar at No Way Out 2004, and what a story told there as well, you know. I mean, the, the build-up to this was, was amazing. I remember the the weekend of it, you know, having like the kind of top 20 WrestleMania moments as well. You kind of really just built into everything that you had. And like I said, on paper, the card, you know, Goldberg versus Lesnar, Taker versus Kane, the, the triple threat main event, and, and even the little matches like Cena versus Big Show and, and the multi-tag team matches that we're going to see as well. The evolution involved with the Rock and Mick Foley, you know, so there's a lot of talent there. And just think, that baby, that Vince made her entrance with Shane McMahon at WrestleMania coming out as well. Yes. At WrestleMania coming out, of course, he's got three boys now. But what do you think of Madison Square Garden as an arena? I mean, we like to talk about arenas. I think it's quite good. I like the entrance way, you know, how it's kind of on the hard camera side as well. And it's such a short rampway too. It is, it is a very iconic arena. You know, and we talked about the kind of events. The Survivor Series is held at um, MSG as well, how good they've been. Of course, SummerSlam 1998. And even WrestleMania. You know, WrestleMania 10 was a really underrated WrestleMania as well, I feel. And 10 years on from that. Uh, well, you know, we'll see how it compares to like WrestleMania 30 as well. Of course, we've had since then. We've got JR and the King on commentary, and JR is hyped for this event. I'll tell you that. <laughs> and the King's even suited up as well nowadays. He normally wears a t-shirt, yeah, and he's got his good crown with him. All right, because it makes WrestleMania feel a little bit more special. But we are going to start off with Cena versus the Big Show, and Cena was around last year at WrestleMania 19. But I think features on the pre-show just wrapping away as he did. But this kind of undercard guy who, you know, people think, oh, maybe he wasn't great to begin with or was hated. The kind of monster reaction he gets in, how over he is, yeah. kind of just shows what we're of him. Taz is at home in New York City. 
It's just this whole gimmick that John Cena's got as well. I mean, he comes out, and I think the last time he's done this was when uh, he had a rap battle with The Rock. Yeah, I remember that. But you've always been a fan of the fuggernomic, John Cena fuggernomic. I thought it was you? brilliant, yeah. But what's so special about it, then? It's... I think it was more better suited to his kind of the character that he is because nowadays, yeah, he comes out and he can destroy people on the mic. But if you listen at the start of this match, it's he actually rinses the big show with a little rap, as we're going to find out now. So John Cena, they're telling the crowd what to do in New York, and they're actually listening to him, which is a lovely Indeed, thing. Indeed, yes, you know, they're chanting his name, they're giving him a big pop as he comes out. It is. You know, 15 years later and he can't even get a cheer. And the big show, current United States champion. And what's hilarious about that is how small the championship actually looks over Big Show's, big show's shoulder. Uh, United States championship introduced in 2003. I think Vengeance in June or July. Eddie Guerrero versus Benoit Guerrero becoming US champion. Losing it to the Big Show. But covering the Big Show in the shit in their feud that they had. I, I, I do remember that. Uh, and then Big Show kind of dominating United States title scene. And young, this young buck John Cena making his first WrestleMania appearance. That title looks fucking tiny. And of course this would go on to kind of... It'd be the platform for John Cena. He'd turn it into a spinner belt yes. when it, if he wins it tonight. Yeah, and, and this is the thing. The John Cena success becomes from this, you know, and between the kind of newer generation, what we got now and what we had back in the day, is if you look at a Shawn Michaels or Bret Hart when they were fighting for the Intercontinental Championship, maybe it was a couple of WrestleManias and then, you know, a couple of other feuds, and it was five years until they fought for the, the World Championship. In John Cena's case, and like Batista here tonight, it would only be a year, and then Cena would be in the main yeah. event straight after this, wouldn't he? Do you know what I mean? But they'd do it the right way, you know. They'd, John Cena's barely the main event yeah. talent here. He's kind of like, you know, he's on the kickoff match, as it were. You know, there's probably been a couple of dark matches before this, but, you know, and he's and he's kind of progressed up the card, especially over the next year. I think he was he'd have a feud with JBL. Yeah, it would it all build towards the fact of then, you know, facing JBL at the WrestleMania we watched last year, at WrestleMania 21 for the championship. And then from then, you know, he was in the main event, what, WrestleMania 22, 23, in the total match of 24, 25. You know, Cena has kind of ruled WrestleMania. And it was all from this, the crowd kind of getting behind him, you know. And, and Big Show at this point, probably, you know, not at his heaviest, but he's definitely kind of not in the shape that he even is now. But Show was quite a formidable guy because to hold that kind of mid-card title, but to be seen in the main event, and let's not forget Big Show was you know in the final two at the Royal Rumble. So he's definitely a dangerous man. And he just caught John Cena and slammed him down. But Cena managed to kick out. Ah, and Big Show, he's still in relatively good shape, you know, ring wrestling-wise. You know, he's I think he's put on a few pounds yeah, over I mean, the past couple of years. I, I think his heaviest would maybe be a couple of years' time when he was ECW champion. And then I think he realised that was a kind of point of no return. Uh, and he needed to kind of sort himself out. But, you know, I, I think Big Show, when we look at his career, you know, look at these two guys. You know, definitely WWE Hall of Famers to, to go in. And, you know, multiple time world champion. Shows you kind of how strong the card was. In that, not in the main event level, but even in that, in that way, you could have these two guys involved. In a, you know, years time, whatever it was, involved in world title matches, and Big Show just showing his dominance in the early going. 
And again, you know, John Cena certainly got an uphill battle. I think he's spent most of his opponents he's had, like, you know, he's always fighting up yeah. to them as opposed to, you know, being the super Cena, so to speak. And this is the thing with Cena that he learned, you know, throughout the years to kind of what to do in the ring and then you'd be able to have matches against kind of anybody and turn them into good ones. And this is kind of what he's learning in the air. At this point, Cena's still green, you know, he's only been wrestling a couple of years. And I'm just looking around at the setting. I don't think this, for me, it takes away not being in a stadium at WrestleMania, you know, especially yeah. when you talk about kind of how Madison Square Garden is. You know, the crowd for this it probably paid more money than they do at normal WrestleManias now. Oh, most definitely, yeah. And a huge delayed vertical suplex from the show. Cena's in a lot of trouble trying to capture his first championship in WWE. Now, Cena managing to kick out oh. and keep that dream alive. You can see the security still, you know, near ringside trying to get everybody into their seats. We've got like that big board, obviously, behind the hard cam of, you know, showing you what matches on as, as if you can't see in the ring. But I think it's good. It is a good little promo thing, you know. It's Well, usually, as you know, I said, a normal arena, they would, uh, a normal uh, event, they would come out through the middle there. But they've obviously made it a little bit more grandeur yeah. with uh, the kind of left-hand side. So it means they're probably missing out on, you know, a few seats or whatever it is. But, like I said, you have to kind of have a, an impressive feeling to a WrestleMania. But wouldn't you just hate to be sat behind that big board there? Yeah, that'd be a problem, <laughs> wouldn't it? And now Big Show just slapping Cena. He's been working on him in the past few minutes. Yeah, Cena's trying to fight back. Oh, but just runs into a big boot from the show. Put Cena back down again, back to square one. And it's it's interesting to think as well, you know, even looking back at WWE versus WSW like we are, our last WrestleMania 15, Big Show just making his kind of WrestleMania debut as it was against Mankind, and then kind of moving on from there, kind of becoming WWE's own. You know, we we, we, argue, we, we moan a lot about WWE not putting other guys' wrestlers over, you know, people like Sting or other people that other uh, companies have created. And yet with Big Show, even though Big Show is his own character in that way, they used him, and now you wouldn't even think about the giant with him, would you? You know, no. he, he's literally just a big show in what he's yeah, done yeah. since he came. That is, like, I think, the point that he made the jump across. Similar to Jericho, they kind of, you know, they was the first couple that made the jump across to WWE. They, I think they kind of get respected a bit for that, as opposed to people that done the jump after yeah. they and, went out of business. And I think it'll be interesting tonight, because you just reminded me of one of my favourite matches on the card. Christian versus Jericho later on. Yeah. And Jericho, another guy jumped over in the main event tonight. Benoit had covered during the Monday Night Rules. He's now being used correctly, you know. I know WWE went under, but even still, you, you got to look at this and think, well, this is the guys that carried on success. I'm sure Booker T's defending the title as well at some point. Well, yeah, well, you know, it's, this is five years on from what we're watching on the Monday Night mm. Wars. And you think, like, the kind of position that people was in before in WCW, yeah. and, you know, I think uh, you got two of them, which are in the most underutilised people that we said are in main events for yeah. heavyweight yeah, yeah, championships. Yeah. <coughs> and, of course, we got the big bad Goldberg, who we loved five yeah. years ago, going against Brock Lesnar here as well. So it, it's really interesting to see, as Big Show's just trying to wear out John Cena. And Cena's been... Put through it here. He's been dominated throughout the entirety of this match. 
the Big Show's a giant. A fully motivated man like him yeah. should be champion for as long as he well pleases. And he's using Cena's arm to choke himself out. But Cena, looking at this bloke here, comes down with uh, the New York Knicks vest on, comes out rapping about his opponent. Would you have thought, there's going to be big things for this guy? This is the thing, interesting. He definitely had a crowd behind him, but it's just about a time of uh, placing him. Did WWE put him in too soon, and then the crowd kind of rejected him if they had been more natural about it? But then again, would they have waited around? Would they have wasted the opportunity with a John Cena, there's no doubt what he's gave to the WWE. You know, we talk about the Attitude Era, we talk about all those wrestlers since. You know, you've got to say, thanks in part to John Cena, WWE is due yeah. to him being the man for over 10 years, which Hogan or Michaels or Austin never truly did. You know, so that kind of, I don't think anybody, even at this time, if you're a fan of Cena, would have thought, oh yeah, he's going to do it, but he's going to try now a big show. He's got him up on his shoulders finally after. Finally, after overcoming the Big Show's onslaught, gets him up for the FU. Oh, my God. But Big Show managing to kick out. Oh. It's probably the first person to kick out of the FU. Oh. Well, Cena cannot believe it. He gave his best shot to the Big Show. But the fans are certainly behind John Cena. And now what's Cena going to do? Well, if he hits him with his brass nut. Oh, he's looking for the chain. If he hits him with a chain, he will get disqualified and lose his opportunity. And he's trying to sell the ref, you can't see me. Saying, look, I'm just going to hit him once. The crowd want it. The ref is saying, you do this. Come on, put the chain down. Don't be silly. Oh, John Cena relinquishes the train, but picks up one of his knucks. Hits the big show. Oh! And the second time, gets him on his shoulder. F you again. Two, three. And John Cena wins the United States Championship. And like you said earlier, his first title in WWE. And uh, not a bad way to start off WrestleMania, Dan. What are your thoughts? Uh, yeah, it is. You know, looking back, I suppose if you'd have seen this live, you'd have been like, wow, you know, this bloke's spent the whole match getting beaten down and he's he came back. He's kind of got in a... Eddie Guerrero-esque way of cheating, you know, he feigned the referee thinking he was going to use a chain, but use his brass knucks, knock the big show out, and, you know, overcome to become the US championship, US champion for the first time. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's a great moment, a great way to start the show hot. You know, you've got somewhere like Cena, who was super over with the crowd, and the right result to get the crowd on their feet. And again, a spectacle, a bit like you see, you know, at WrestleMania, with Big Show, even though he had and stuff like that before, to be picked up by John Cena and to be FU'd is still quite the sight to see. And John Cena walks out of here as US champion in a, in a great opening match. Yeah, John Cena had gone to finish a few WrestleManias, but he started this one. And now it's the coach backstage. And the coach knocking on Bischoff's door. And... Oh, look, Johnny Impact's there. Yeah. <laughs> well, of course he's here. He's wrestling tonight. Is he? Well, no one's seen him. Ooh. It's just been a malicious rumour. Well, Bischoff saying to the coach that he's got to go find the Undertaker. And again, Eric Bischoff, a guy who was running the competition five years ago, now yeah. general manager of Raw. And the brand extension came in part of that because WWE had no competition. So they split it with Raw and SmackDown. I think at this point, SmackDown definitely had the kind of the stronger show. 
talent-wise, you could argue either way, even though SmackDown just delivered a great taking <laughs> titles last year. Randy speaking. Two of these three guys from Evolution have got a match at this year's WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Shield look ruffler. Oh, Dean Ambrose definitely <laughs> does. <laughs> yeah, Roman Reigns standing Rain. in the back, Seth Rollins with a title on his shoulder. All right, Dan, so what did your man Randy Orton have to say then? Um, well, he was just going on about with uh, his little feud with Ric Flair, like how he kicked him down the stairs in August of the previous year to this. And, you know, he's called him out, challenged him multiple times, but he's just walked away or Randy Orton spat in his face. And because he was kind of in his legend killer phase this time. And, you know, he's saying, look, it's not your time, it's Orton's time. He said, you've even enlisted the help of The Rock. We beat him down too. Anything you've thrown at us, we're just beating them down. And, you know, you can't stand up to the evolution. And that's what we're going to see, three on two. Yeah, it's, it's going to be three on two later tonight. And it's The Rock's last WrestleMania, seven years? Indeed, yes. Well, James, we've got La Resistance coming out for a fatal four-way tag team match. But... Lance Cade and Rene Dupree became the first 80s-born wrestlers to perform at WrestleMania. Oh, that's a good fact. Rene Dupree must be, what, 1920 right now? Uh, yeah, well, he's born in 81. Dupree, uh, sorry, Cade was born in March 81. Dupree was born in December 1983. And do you know who became the third 80s-born talent to compete at WrestleMania? Don't know. Randy Orton. Oh, wow, that's interesting. So we are going to get tag team titles, La Resistance, and uh, Rene Dupree, who's retired now. And who's it? Rob Conway's part of the tag team. He was the NWA champion last year. Yeah. We've missed out Gas and Caden. Of course, young Mark Jindrak is now retired as well. And these are a few talents that I don't think any of them really made it in the WWE as it is. They they got called up from uh, OVW, fresh Mm. face guys coming. And, you know, we get some of the older classic teams. We've got... Dudley Boys. RVD and Booker T as well. Mm-hmm. Well, the Dudley Boys here, and they uh, split up in 2002 after the brand split, but of course uh, reformed at Survivor Series in Madison Square Garden. So now they're here. And of course, talk about legendary tag teams, part of the TLC matches, a triple, table, a triple ladder match at WrestleMania 16, of course, TLC at 17. And the Dudley Boys here, and, and again, another team, definitely in the Hall of Fame. You've got the kind of young guys versus the veterans. And they're, and they're very forgotten tag team, but they had their own entrance music video together. RVD and Booker T. Current tag team champions. Of course, Booker T, Jenny, uh, actually the WCW, made his mark now. And of course, going to the Hall of Fame this year as part Again. of Harlem Heat. Yeah, two-time, two-time Hall of Famer. So the announcers are saying that both... Tag team champ, lots of tag team championships will be contested in four way matches. Mm. It's interesting to see, like you know, tag team wrestling. Even though we've got a great tag team like the Dudleys, still not really treated because it's not a kind of high profile story as we've seen. Even with the United States Championship, you know, it's more focused. With this, it's just trying to cram as many teams as you can. And obviously, with the biggest event in WWE history, you want to be put on the card. And it's something that these guys can all say. But we can start off with Rene Dupree and Rob Van Dam. Isn't Rob Conway the French synthesizer? Yes, he is, yeah. It used to be Sylvan Grognier. Yeah. I don't mind Rene Dupree. He definitely had that look. It's just a shame he just, I guess, wasn't well liked backstage. And now Booker T gets a tag. 
Slingshot into a super kick from Booker T. Goes for the cover. Two. Oh. Only a two count. Two. Though it's not an elimination match. First pinfall wins the titles. And now Booker T clothesline. And Conway gets a hip toss and thrown out. Dupree finds himself in a Dudley Boys corner. Is getting punched around. And then finally tags in Bubba Ray. So we've got four new upstarts. We've got a former WCW champion and three ECW guys. And out of all these guys, only one... Well, I'm aligned to you, actually. You know, like I said, Booker T would go on after this to hold a world championship and after this to hold a WWE title. I feel Bubba Ray would have a real kind of career turn as well. I mean, we, we don't talk about Impact or TNA a lot, but I think Bully Ray character that he created and kind of got into shape. Oh, bloody hell, yeah. You know what I mean? was yeah. really, really good. And he's still doing shit for Ring of Honor. That's why he's not in, you know, WWE or anything else at the moment. He's still wrestling away. Aces and eights, wasn't it? Exactly, yeah. I think that was a, a not, I think underestimated group. Look, use the combination. Oh, oh no. It gets caught with an axe kick. Uh, well, heel kick from Booker. Referee's getting distracted, though. That allows Devon to come in and... Oh, an inverted style suplex for Booker. RVD comes flying off the top to take out Devon. Helping his partner up, but the referee's trying to usher him out of the ring. And that's Jindrak getting a tag in off Bubba. I wasn't a fan of Jindrak and Cade. No, Jindrak, Cade, uh, there was Cade and Murdoch as well, which they tried, didn't yeah, they? I yeah. didn't mind that tag team a little bit more than this one. I think with Jindrak, again, it's another guy who kind of definitely had the look about him, but just never really, I don't know, personality-wise, he, he had a little bit of success in WCW towards the end of that. And he teamed up with, I think, Luther Reigns, another guy, with Kurt Angle. Yeah. And it was meant to be, you know, the 3LM, but never really worked. And again with Lance Cade, yeah, you know, doesn't look too bad, but it's all about personality. You look at the guys we've got now, you know, I, I, I wouldn't trade the kind of tag team roster at the moment. Nah, I think the Dudley boys would be a good addition to it, but, you know, this Dudley boy is not... Yeah, yeah. I even think with RVD and Booker, it's like, okay, we've got two kind of successful mid-carder guys. We're not going to put them in the main event scene, so what do we do? Oh, we'll stick them as a tag team, you know? And I think that happened a lot with Booker T. It would be Goldust with Kane, with RVD, and the same with RVD, like with Mysterio, <laughs> yeah. you know? And Lava's this dance. We'd hold the tag team titles a few times. But, you know, we look at the last match. I mean, Big Show, he kind of wrestles sporadically. John Cena, again, wrestles sporadically. None of these eight guys... That, and none, probably none of these eight, I know, apart from Lance Cade, obviously, he will be missed. Um, Booker T, I don't think none of these would be kind of welcome back to WWE anytime soon. I already did a documentary recently where he talked about concussion issues. Yeah. And WWE kind of, you know, steered away a little bit from that. I mean, like I said with Booker, but none of these guys kind of active anymore. And like I said, it is 15 years ago, but when you consider the kind of young guys in this match, where would they would be compared to a John Cena? Well, you know, any one of these, especially these four from OVW, they could have been the next John mm. Cena. But I think, you know, when you come out with John Cena, he had the crowd in the palm of his hand. I think that's what kind of helped elevate him to... Yeah, I, I, but he went a different route to what Randy Orton went, because as we've just seen with the interview before this match, you know, Randy Orton is known as kind of like the guy. He was leading the interview there with Flair and Batista by his side. Yeah. It's his feud as well. So even for Randy Orton to become a success that he did, because he could have floundered. You know, going back and watching old events, you see a lot of these guys that never really, you know, made it past. And it's good that it was two guys that actually did. Even Batista, at that point, you know, to what he became. 
About a two-time Rumble winner. Exactly, you know. And he coming back now, like I said, to have a WrestleMania match with Triple H. And all f- four members of Evolution, including Triple H, have all had WrestleMania matches against Undertaker. Yeah, again, which is it was going to be great. Hopefully, Undertaker's in the building tonight for that match with Kane. Well, Michael Cole is looking. Uh, Michael Cole, Jonathan Coachman is looking for him. And I hope Heenan. Oh, he, we get Heenan immediately. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and now Booker T's been working down by Rob Conway. Can he get out of the submission? Yeah, he fights out. Huge spine buster, but can he get a tag into anyone? And the fans chant for RVD. He's taken out that resistance, and now he's taken out Jack and Cade. He's on fire, baby. A heel kick, dodging Cade. Taking him down. Jack over the top. And Bubba caught with a kick by RVD. No love lost. Rene Dupree down and now RVD might be going up. Is he feeling froggy? No. Devon pushes him off the top rope. Sends him straight into Barricade. And now it's Booker T and Devon fighting in the ring. And this is broken down here as Cade comes in and saves his love resistance. Booker T and Devon managing to fight all three guys off and they go back to each other. And now Bubba in taking Booker from behind. Oh, we're going to see a 3D. Test booker. 3D, but no, Cade's stopping it. Devon only gets a one-man flapjack. It's planted by DDT from Conway. And Conway is a legal man. And he's looking to put away Booker T. Kick to the midsection for Booker. Hits the axe kick. RVD's up top. Now RVD's a legal man. Five-star frog splash. Goes for the cover. One, two, three. And still tag team champions, RVD and Booker T. <laughs> so there we go, RVD and Booker T retain. In not a bad match, you know, when you stick in, you know, that many people and don't give it enough time, you have you have to kind of go with what's basic. But RVD and Booker T retain. Dudleys don't get pinned, and that keeps it nice and easy as we move on. Yes, coach is looking backstage. He's he's heard noises coming from somewhere around backstage. He's just going to check it out. Sounds like someone's getting beaten up in there. I can hear banging. It opens the door and... Oh, it? oh, it's Mean Gene. I thought he had blood on his head then, but it's Nick. Putting his jacket on, he's there by himself. And <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Heenan's there. Belt undone, shirt undone. And was they two in there? They were playing poker. Fabulous Moolah and Mae Young. <laughs> You knew May Young was going after Bobby. Oh my god, look at Moolah and Jean! Oh my god, that's disgusting. Who wants to see my puppies? They're getting dragged back into the (laughs) room by uh, May Young and (laughs) Moolah. And there's some funny noises coming from that room. Oh my god, what what a lovely WrestleMania memory there. Jerry Lawler thinks I was playing Naked Twister or something. Well, let's hope, Dan, that Mean Gene and Heenan are up there with May Young and Moolah right now. And they're playing their little games together, eh? And that's what history's all about. But up next, it's a great match. It is. It's Chris Jericho versus Christian. Indeed, yes. And this was all come around a, a little bet, I believe, for one Canadian dollar. Well, Chris Jericho and Christian used to be the tag team together. And then they decided to get Lisa and Trish involved. And like I said, over that dollar, they reckon they could take to bed either of the women. But then something interesting happened, Dan. Trish Stratus came into Jericho's head and kind of he realised that, 
you know, yeah, it was a bet, but was he really falling for her? And she'd also play a pivotal part in the outcome of this match, I remember. Yeah, yeah, it's brilliant. Trish and Christian could have gone all the way. Trish and Christian as a combination. Christian. Could have made Christian world champion. It was, it was a perfect, perfect thing that happened. But at the moment, Trish, you know, it's not sure whether to trust Jericho. The truth came out and she said, yeah, you're a bit of a piece of shit, but I don't know what I truly think of you. And Christian saying to Jericho, come and sort your head out, man. And that led out to problems with those two. I have to tell you, I know this whole thing started off as a bet, okay? I know it was one big joke. I can nail Trish before you nailed Lita. Is that so? That's so. Well, I got one dollar. Canadian says that you're wrong. But the joke was on me, Trish, because somewhere along the way, I really fell for you. All we were talking about, the feelings that we had, the moments that we shared. I don't think I've ever felt like this before. I can't stop thinking about you. Night and day. All the time. I can't stop thinking about you no matter what I do. I don't want that to stop. They're all real for me, Trish. You know, I don't blame you if, if you never want to talk to me again. I don't blame you if you don't believe me. I was a total jerk and I apologize so much, Trish. I just want to be a part of your life. Where the hell is your head? Oh, come on. You've been showing all this affection to Trish and you've been getting nothing, absolutely nothing in return. I think we can have a good relationship. So we can be like really close friends. I'm not saying this to hurt your feelings. I'm saying this because I'm your best friend. Trish does not care about you. She doesn't care about you. Good news is, Trish, he feels the exact same way about you. You're the last thing on his mind. That is what you wanted, right? But I figured, you know, since you and Chris are just friends, friends, there's no reason why the three of us can't have a healthy relationship, you know? I'm going to give her this rose as a happy belated Valentine's present, and I'm going to tell her how I really feel. Trish, you look really good tonight. I think you might be making a mistake, all right? I mean, really? Yeah, I mean, who's to say that Trish isn't interested in somebody else? I think Trish is interested in somebody else. I, I, I don't know, I'm just saying. I'm going to tell Trish how I really feel. I want to be more than just friends. Want to know something? Chris Jericho is no friend of mine. So I've got an idea for you. And I hope your best buddy, Chris Jericho, is watching. It will be Christian, Jericho's best friend, against Trish in this intergender match. I'll lay down. And you just cover me. One, two, three, and that's it. It's that easy, okay? And there's the cover, and I guess it's going to be over that elementary. Christian kicked out pretty aggressively. The last thing I want to do is hurt you, okay? Look at, whoa! Good God almighty! What the hell? I don't think that this should be in any way a competitive match, all right? I think we both know what happened. Look at this! What the hell now? Wait a minute. Not the walls of Jericho! Come on, let go of her! Let go of her, damn it! He was going to lay down for her if she would lay down for him! Christian's actions tonight against this young woman are absolutely reprehensible. Now, Jericho, you're worried about your little girlfriend. I just want you to know I did this for you. I'm your best friend. Trish Stratus ruined your life. Trish ruined our friendship. So I had to take matters into my own hands. It's called tough love, Chris. And you know something else, Chris? It's not... Wait a minute! What the hell? Chris Jericho is here! Hey, look at the expression on Jericho's face. Hey, he's running! He's and, running! And Jericho taking down Christian, his former best friend. Jericho beating the hell out of Christian here. You better get out of there, Christian! Christian deciding that he didn't want to stay and fight tonight. I can't believe they're going to fight at WrestleMania. 
And then Christian took it a step too far in the intergender match with Trish. He said he'll lay down for her, but instead he kicked out. Uh. And then clotheslined down, put in the walls. The explanation for it? Well, he did it for his friend, Chris Jericho, and Jericho wasn't very happy about that. And he decided to attack Christian. Chris Jericho came running out and he set this WrestleMania match up. Christian wearing white and ready for action here. This is Christian's kind of breakout singles match at WrestleMania. We talked about the Dudleys earlier. Of course, Christian Christian involved in a couple of TLC matches at last year. Oh, well, not last year's WrestleMania. Sorry, WrestleMania 18, losing to a DDP and throwing a fit, thinking he was having a hardcore championship. I think he lost to Molly Holly as well. So he's not had a great WrestleMania, but can he have a breakout moment here tonight? I'm a huge fan of Christian. I think he really developed himself, you know, into a kind of singles wrestler. We talk about moving on from tag team, you know, kind of cutting his hair and what he was. But Jericho was just super over at the time as well, wasn't he? You know? He is indeed, yes. Um, you know, there's been a lot of uh, the fans have been behind him because he fell in love with Trish Stratus. It was meant to be a bet, but he confessed his love. He gave her a belated Valentine's Day rose. And, you know, he's he's put his heart on his sleeve and, you know, he's got the heart of a lion. Yeah, and we've seen Jericho, you know, kind of develop into what he is now today you know you talk about a guy who always seems to be reinventing himself throughout the years you know and even this jerk at this point is different to the one that we saw in wcw in 1999 and the one that debuted you know and was in wwe as well you know is there anybody like jerk do you think who's, who's completely kind of changed what it is about him but still say the same in a weird way absolutely not no i think jericho you know he's he has updated his persona with the times you know going back five years to what we're seeing of that Jericho yeah he still kept his still kept the the brilliance on the microphone but he's updated his gimmick to go with the times as well and I think it's absolutely great of a character to be able to do that yeah and I think with Jericho as well you talk about you know people jumping ship and making the most of the opportunity WrestleMania 16 he was in a triple threat match with Benoit and Angle where he walked away as European champion. That's a great match. Yeah. 17 uh, against William Regal for the championship with a, a, a spot of P. Uh, 18 against Triple H for the, the Undisputed Championship when he was champion. 19 against Michaels and now 20 against Christian. So Jerk had a great, you know, he's had a great run at the moment. Yeah. But um, taken away from the wrestlers in the ring, James. Yes. I'm going to fact you. Okay, go and fact me then. Well, this actually marked Tim White's last appearance as a referee due to injury. And Tim White, he had himself a pretty unique career in wrestling. Not only the gruff voice White as an official for nearly two decades, but he also worked as Andre the Giant's assistant. Rhode Island pub called The Friendly Tap, which appeared in a few remote WWE vignettes. And the beloved White seemed like a WWE lifer until a catastrophic injury changed everything. A judgment day 2002, he took a bump off the apron during the Chris Jericho and Triple H's Hell in a Cell match, sustaining a separated shoulder that would never properly heal. After nearly two years out of the ring, he finally came back for this match, but sadly White apparently re-injured the shoulder and never done the stripes again. That's a shame. I was a huge fan of Timmy White. You know, you talk about the referees from that day, Mark Chiolo, Hebner, even Jimmy Corderas to a lesser extent. You know, it's a shame that it would be an end of a career for him. And then he had a go in this, cut the collar and elbow, tie-ups deep, and then Jericho with a big right hand. And he's turned into a fight. And again, you can tell with this emotion, these two being the friends, 
But you can tell Jericho's annoyed, and you can see it playing out in the kind of story of the match. And that's what I kind of really appreciate. You know, people talk about wrestling. What do you like in it? And I like to see when, not when, oh, I'm annoyed with you, and then you watch a match, and they just kind of have wrestle a normal one. With this one, you can see Jericho's anger in him. But you could also see that as Jericho was making his way to the ring, Christian was in it, and you could see him barbing off at each other yeah, as yeah, they was yeah. walking to the ring. And, you know, again, both of these guys, very, very, very good workers in the ring Black as well. Uh, it's just a shame. I think Christian uh, c- could have had more. Do you know what I mean? Like, you talk about mo- mo- multiple title reigns. I'm just glad he had the, the one. Jericho, you know, even now, he could still r- wrestle for another 10 years. You see him coming back to WWE after all but, the shenanigans he's doing. But do you think, you know, and nothing to do with Edge, but do you think the thing that held Christian back was being in Edge's shadow? I think that did in the end, yeah. We talk about successful tag team partners and what happens to the other one. I think with Edge, to have that kind of success that he did, the amount of world title reigns, you know, Christian is like, shit, no matter what I do. It's a bit like Batista and Orton in a weird way. We saw those two men earlier, you know, and Batista's six-time world champ, but when you consider what Randy Orton and Triple H had done in Evolution, even with Flair, oh, he's only a six-time champ. He can't, discredit that but unfortunately yeah. well, all the other guys have got 13 plus yeah exactly you know, yeah, yeah. but then you know you could argue that Batista's kind of made himself he's in the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. now as Drax a destroyer well, so and, and also you can argue in fact well San Martino only held the title twice but it was for 10 years <laughs> you know so I suppose you got that there and uh, Christian was sent to the outside high sent to those wafer thin mats. How thin are those mats? Those Dan? mats are just mere millimetres thick over pure concrete, and I'm sure back 15 years ago, those even thinner. Well, doubt. And then Jericho springing to the outside, taking Christian down. Back in the ring now, Jericho seems to be complete control. Looking for the lion tamer, but Christian manages to come back, and now he deposits Jericho over the top rope to them still same wafer thin. The CLB just delivered a crafty uh, finger to the eye. To take Jericho off his game. Cocky uh, little bastard. Exactly. Creep, creepy little bastard. I mean, the thing about Jericho, uh, Christian, sorry, is that there was something about him that you just didn't like as a heel as well. You know, like, I, I think Christian managed to play that off quite well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he does come across as a dick. Yeah, exactly. I think he's a better heel than he is a face, and so maybe that was a problem that as a good... But then again, as a good guy, was Christian... I don't know. I think he, as is being a cocky bastard, I think that was kind of the way, you know, where he found found his proving yeah. ground. Tim White was kind of a... A portly gentleman. A portly gentleman, yes. yes a huskier, huskier fellow. Huskier fellow. Uh, but we talk about his story, you know, with being with Andre the Giant, you know, back in the day. Talk about Andre the Giant, WrestleMania. Tim White used to be able to have to look after him, drive him around places. You know, there's a lot of stories that he told there oh, as yeah. well. And uh, when there was... Tim White's suicide thing as well. Yeah, after, yeah, he had the gun, didn't he? Yeah. That was on WWE program as well. And now Christian trying to choke out Jericho on that top rope. Well, CJ trying to fight back, but Christian with a snapmare takedown, and he's completely controlling Jericho at the moment. And another thing you can take away as well is Christian thinks how solid the worker he is. You know, maybe yeah. sometimes a bit too reliable. You can put him out there and have a good match, you know, with, with basically anybody, you know, or that kind of, there would be no mistakes, no botches. Oh, definitely, yeah. Jericho trying to get out of submission. A Christian Irish whip. Jericho again going for the legs, trying to get that lion tamer locked in. Christian fighting it as much as he can. Pulls over the hair and gets some separation. Spinning heel kick. Knocks Y2J down again. Goes for a cover. Two. Oh, only a two count, though. Two. Christian getting a little bit further. 
Let's see if we can see what pinfall account actually finished Timmy White's career. Yeah. Well, at the <laughs> moment, it seems like he's using his left hand for pinfalls. Yeah. So I don't know which shoulder it was. It was left or right. And Christian Irish with Jericho in the corner. Oh. And a meeting of the minds there inadvertently. Both men are down. But Trish Stratus is kind of like behind this whole story. I mean, you know, both these guys seemingly falling in love with her over a bet. But, you know, Canadians like their little bets, don't they? <laughs> yeah. And as you see, either a silly storyline like that is turned to a serious matchup here at WrestleMania 20. And I think that's when you can, you know, make a story. It's been going on for months now. But at least it's got a uh, a kind of you know a conclusion finish to it. You know, there's a match up. Least yeah. these two men duck it out, uh, duke it out. Oh, Jericho goading Christian in, drop toehold, sends him over the ropes in a six one nine position. Jericho drops his weight on the back of the shoulders, and then hits a step up in Seguri. Goes for a cover. Two. Oh, only a two count though. Two. And he's using his right arm for count in this one. Well, Christian reversing Jericho, who dives over him. Ducks the clothesline, rolls him up again. But Christian got hold of the tights, got into the pinfall cover, got hold of the rope as well. Oh, but Jericho managing to kick out. Ah. Christian looking to plant Jericho, but Jericho turning it around, delivers a lovely suplex, bridges out, but only gets a two himself. Two. And a test of strength. Christian powers out and turns it round. Trying to go for a backslide, but Jericho reversing. Hits a bulldog. Looking for his line sort off of that. Oh, but Christian with the knees up. Jericho hitting straight in the ribs. And now Jericho's a little bit trouble. Can Christian recover? Christian trying to shake the cobwebs away. But both men are spent. There's been a war between the two. And now Christian may be looking for the unprettier. Jericho pushes Christian into the turnbuckle. Jericho runs into an elbow. Tornado neck breaker there from Christian. And somehow, Jericho still managed to get up at two. Two. And now Christian's frustration's really coming out. Let's just hope he doesn't have a paddy. <laughs> and now just grabbing the hair of Jericho, raining down the right hand. And now all Christian with a verse DDT right onto the back of the knee. And Jericho's down, but Christian not going to go for a cover. The lights are on bright. The biggest time, WrestleMania 20. And is Christian looking to go up and send a statement? He rarely goes up. <laughs> I think he's scared of heights. But Jericho managing to cut him off. And now this could come back to haunt Christian. Jericho looking for a superplex. Christian holding on for dear life, though. Manages to plant Jericho face first onto the mat. And I think he might have landed right on that left knee. And can Christian take advantage? Flying crossbody. Jericho rolls through for the cover. One, two. Oh. Only a two count. Two. Oh my god, Jericho up and a huge chop to the face. Referee trying to get Jericho away and that gives Christian a chance to kick that bad leg and take him down. Is that a Texas Cloverleaf? May looking to put it in. And he's got it expertly applied in the middle of the ring. Jericho rolling to his stomach. Well, Jericho won't want to tap out, especially if he thinks Trish is watching on, doing this for her. Trying to alleviate the pressure. Looking to roll through and pick the leg. And the crowd definitely get behind Jericho in this one. Manages to turn it round. Small package roll up. No. Goes straight through to the Lion Tamer. Walls of Jericho now. And he's got the walls in, but not for too long. Christian got to that bottom rope. (laughs) 
Christian dragging Jericho to the outside. Jericho not letting go of the legs. And he's got the walls of Jericho locked on on the outside. Manages to break the count of Timmy White. And now Christian's had to hold on. He's out on the outside. And now Jericho taking Christian all the way up. Double underhook. Oh! And he suplexed him off. But with that bad leg, Jericho just can't take advantage. Rolling over. Hooking the leg. One, two. Oh, no. Christian's getting a shoulder up at two. Two. Trish has just made her way out here. Uh-oh. Well, both men down in the ring and Trish is checking. Obviously cheering on Jericho here. Well, they both confess their love for each other. And now Christian slowly get to his feet, but so is Jericho. And they're both trading now. And Jericho's getting the advantage. No, Christian managing to block it and go for the Impaler DDT. Execution, if you'd like. One, two... Oh, oh, only a two count. Two. Jericho, uh, Christian can't believe it. Goes for the count again, but Jericho again getting up at two. Well, he needs to keep his cool. Doesn't, doesn't want to lose it. It looks like he is. He's going to the outside, but Trish is up on the apron. Christian spots her. Oh, my God. Now he's bringing her in. <laughs> Throws her head first into the turnbuckle. That pisses Jericho off. Who clotheslines him to the outside. Well, he's enraged. He's going to go check on Trish. Oh. Elbow to the face. Christian rolls Jericho up. Ah. And Christian wins. Free for Christian. I think Trish thought that Christian was behind her, trying to fight him off. Trish looks in shock. So does Jericho. And Christian sneaks off with a victory after the errant elbow. And Trish saying she's sorry. Saying like I thought it was him behind me. Now Christian there gets the victory. But at least Jericho though, you know, in defeat at WrestleMania, got the girl. Well that is the main thing. You may have lost. Now Trish, checking on Jericho. Ask him if he's okay. Jericho's luck. Caused me enough trouble as it is. And Christian. Up on the ring apron. Jericho having to hold Trish back. Trish has just slapped Jericho. I'm prettier. <laughs> oh! Well, Trish slapped Jericho. Christian just taken out Jericho. Trish standing over the broken body of Y2J. And Christian smirking. No, James, he hasn't got a cigarette in his gob. He's got a smile on his face. Because it seems that Trish likes a bad boy. Well, Christian there. Gets the win and the girl. Talking a bit of smack to Jericho. I don't even think you can hear him. He's unconscious. Now Christian leaves with Trish. And what a great way to make someone a proper heel as well. Yeah. Take it to the next level with Christian. You know, like not only getting the win, but making it look cool and getting Trish Stratus. You know what I mean? Like but that's this is Christian's chance now. And they kind of, they WWE did blow it a little bit. And Jericho can't believe it. And it's a great end to the story as well when you think about what we've had, what we've seen. And now Jericho's woken up and he can see his former best friend and his former love. Oh, my word. And Christian. Well, Jericho's recovered enough <laughs> just to see Christian grab hold of Trish's hair and give her a nice passionate kiss. Oh, uh, Jericho can't believe it. And I think that's a great moment when I was watching it live. I, I absolutely loved this bit. And I thought it would make Christian... Uh, as for the match itself, again, I thought it was great. What about you? 
Yeah, uh, very, very good match. Both guys, very solid workers as well. Dependable, reliant workers. Uh, storytelling was absolutely brilliant as well. You know, it's like, oh, Trisha's come down. Will she get involved in the match? Well, she won't because she's a face and Jericho's the face. And then, you know, you see the accidental elbow or was it accidental? Well, this is the thing, isn't it? You know, and it wasn't like, you know, with Christian bringing her in the way he treated him, it wasn't like it was a foregone conclusion as well, which I really like. You know, I think it's a great story told. And now it's Lillian Garcia backstage with Mick Foley. And the rock with a goatee. And not as much muscle as you got today. Nah. And the rock giving Mick Foley a lesson on how to uh, address the WrestleMania crowd. Because it's WrestleMania, you've got to have the emotion. And it's weird, you know, talk about going back five years and seeing... That we're going to see the Rock and Sock Connection this year on the podcast really forming. And they come forward teaming up against Evolution, which I think was another great stable, you know, when you consider the success the two young guys had. And, of course, this is Randy Orton's first WrestleMania. What were your thoughts on Randy Orton when you first saw him, Dan? Um, I don't know. He's he's certainly got a, a great character going on there. You know, it's, as you see from the promo that he, he delivered earlier on about Mick Foley, you know, he's a talker, he's a competent talker on the mic, you know, he can tell a good, he can lead us in, he can make us want to see what's happened. And that, I think that is a great part of wrestler characters, you know, it's not all about everything they do in the ring, but it's what they can do on the mic. Yeah. We've seen, you know, John Cena have the palm of the, have the crowd in the palm of his hand. We've seen The Rock as well. Again, they was lapping up with him. And Randy Orton, you know, even though he's a heel, you can kind of feel, you know, he's he's got to prove himself yeah. against these legends of the business. Uh, he has done really well under the mentoring of Ric Flair and Triple H as well. You know, both these guys have. Batista, I think he's kind of, you know, if he hadn't have gone away, he would have been up in the double digits of championship reigns as well. Yeah, I completely agree. You know, you, you talk about the kind of success that went on. We talk about all the misses that were here tonight, even with Christian to a lesser extent. But with Randy Orton, there was someone who, at that time, you know, looked to be the chosen one, and they took their time, you know, defeating, Randy, uh, defeating Rob Van Dam for the Intercontinental Championship uh, and holding it on for such an amount of time. You know, I think it was 2002 he defeated him, and he held it for, yeah. you know, n- nearly a year, which is incredible, you know. But, you know, again, you look at the matches that we've seen already. First couple of matches, Cena versus Show, both heavyweight champions. The Fatal 4-Way only had one heavyweight champion, Y2J Christian, both reached the top. Evolution, Rock and Sock, all five of these guys, heavyweight champions, former or future. Mm-hmm. So it is a very star-studded card as, you know, what's to come and what's been yeah. as well. Yeah, you know, and, you know, talk about this being a Rock's last WrestleMania for, for seven years. I don't think anybody really knew that. But to have him as a tag team matching, well, you know, would you have maybe like a singles match? But, you know, the following month, we would get uh, Mick Foley versus Randy Orton, a classic match at Backlash, you know, which we've, we've watched before. That's a Randy Orton special that we did. Uh, so, you know, the, the fire was definitely there. And again, interest matchup trying to stars on. You're trying to celebrate everything you had. I think the only thing WrestleMania 20 really was missing in that way is kind of like Hulk Hogan, wasn't it? You know, but... But I think it's just going to show that, you know, we don't need Hulk Hogan. You know, we've got all these people. We've got The Rock, you know, Y2J, Jericho, uh, Y2J, Christian. Uh, we've got classic tag teams. You know, we've we've got everything we need. Exactly. They made up for that at WrestleMania 30 anyway, didn't they? But The yeah. Rock's out here now with Foley. 
And all five men going at it. It is going to be a handicap match. Free of evolution against the Rock and Suck. And you can't really discredit the Rock, his talent, and Mick Foley. You know, Ric Flair's going with these two young upstarts. Yeah. only been around for a couple of years themselves. I think, and this is the thing about it, you know, Ric Flair's past his best and, and you know, Orton Batista not there just yet. So, you know, the Rock... That's such a huge talent right now. Foley, yeah, might might his best days to God. He's not had a match in four years, but still the star power of Rock and Sock is undeniable. And now we're getting to see the Nature Boy versus the Great One. The Great One going against the Nature Boy. Well, don't forget both these men, you know, have lost the WF Championship at a WrestleMania when we talk about it. You know, it's amazing the history they come at WrestleMania 20 to be facing off. So have Orton and Batista lost the Heavyweight Championship at WrestleMania <laughs> yeah. as well. He refereed the main event in 99, didn't he? So yeah. at least he was involved in the, the, the total match. And the rock mocking Flair there. So Ric Flair, you say he's completely past his best. I mean, you know, was it 24 that he has his match against Michaels? Yeah, they see he still went four more years. Uh, but it, people call him broken down in 1990, for fuck's sake. So, yeah. you know, you, you talk about... Well, he had a heart Ric attack Flair. in 99. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So... You know, he, he he did he did more than that, and he was still trying to wrestle afterwards as well. Uh, Flair's one of those guys that you know is a true legend, and uh, you just got to laugh at Flair. You know, even yeah. when it's even sublime or ridiculous. You know, with him, oh my god, on the outside with a rock and a back body drop, and Flair on those wafer thin mats and off the apron there and dropping the elbow to Flair. I think you know it is right these two guys singling out Ric Flair. I think he is. The weaker link in evolution. You got the big Hoss Batista, and you got the incredibly talented and handsome Randy Orton. And now Randy Orton gets a tag, and it's two third-generation superstars. But the Foley wants to settle the score. Of course, he returned at Rumble 2004, eliminating Orton for the Rumble in a fantastic little moment that was as well. It's all yeah. about building up towards a match. And Orton playing wise, escaping out the ring, luring him in, but Foley's. Not going to be intimidated. Bounces Orton's head off the announce table. Clotheslines him down. And Orton in all sorts of trouble. And a fully focused Foley is saying that Orton doesn't want. Oh, Foley's someone that doesn't care about putting his body on the line. He doesn't look in bad shape either as he hits the elbow drop, but only gets a two. Two. And Orton's getting what he wanted. Hangs Orton up in a tree of woe. And how many other wrestlers, and this is not to kind of, you know, go on about Randy Orton, but how many other wrestlers' dad was in the main event 20 years ago? You know, yeah. especially in the corner of, um, you know, Rowdy Roddy Piper. <clears throat> oh, and The Rock going <laughs> very low on Orton. But again, you know, 15 years ago, Orton has got a match. Oh, I've mentioned that already, haven't we? So I just cancel that bit out. Well, Irish whip, lows his head. And like I said, these two third-generation superstars are in there. And w- Would you want to see a Rock versus Orton match, like a one-on-one match? I think that would be a very interesting one. If it was at WrestleMania, I think the Rock, they'd probably give it to the Rock. Yeah. But, you know, we've seen very good matches, Cena and the Rock at WrestleMania, so it kind of, you know, it's a paralleled... Yeah, it's weird, isn't it? I, th- I think it would have been quite an interesting match. So I'm just laughing there because Flair wooed and then got slapped in the face by the Rock. Yeah, but Batista just low-bridged the rock as he was going for uh, bouncing off the ropes. Oh, you can do it, son. Hangs him up on Barricade. <laughs> and our advantage is definitely in uh, the numbers game for Evolution. 
And Flair using all his experience, distracting Foley and the referee. And a big man Batista's in. I think Batista's probably not the sh- as strong worker as the other three. I mean, Ric Flair in his day is probably half decent worker, but Rick, uh, Batista, he's he's probably my worst out of these five. Yeah, I mean, Batista is, you know, don't get me wrong, he's he's, he's greener than, than all of them, but like I said, he's a big guy, and that's the kind of style that they had. What helped Batista, in a weird way, is them fucking over Andy Orton after winning the world title and losing it a month up, later. Thumbs, thumbs down. Up, down. Gave Batista the chance to do what Orton should have been doing at that WrestleMania and becoming that face standing up to Triple H. And yeah. that kind of helped him out. And, you know, don't get me wrong, though, Batista can put, especially a couple of years later, definitely started putting in performances. You know, a match with uh, Undertaker at WrestleMania 23 is a great WrestleMania match, you know. And that's thanks yeah. in part to Big Dave. And I, I even think this year, a match with Triple H is going to be interesting, as long as it doesn't go half hour. Do you know what I mean? As yeah. long as they do it quick. They do it Goldberg-Lesnar-style WrestleMania 33. That'd be cool. <clears throat> so, um, whose wrestling shoes would you like to be in out of these five? That's well, probably say The Rock. Yeah? Yeah. Do you think how big The Rock is right now? You know, you talk about The Rock. He is now what Hogan was in the 80s. Everybody knows who The Rock is. Yeah. Everybody in the world. And they don't associate him just with wrestling. You talk about a movie star. Well, Chance I was saying say wrestling rock. shoes. That's yeah. why I'm not... No, no, but I'm, I'm, I'm talking about... <clears throat> well, the... three out of these... Three out of these five guys are movie stars. Yeah, and it's the thing though. But you talk about like what the Rock has done; it's just incredible. And I think to have that kind of status, if you talk about which one of these guys are going to be, you know, as a career-wise, you know, Flair throughout the eighties, if you want to be known as a worker, to go an hour, you know, once a night, whatever it was that he was doing, is is just an incredible achievement. And as for Evolution at the moment, just beating down on The Rock. We saw Flair and The Rock altercation there. And, of course, Flair took the uh, traditional Flair bump off the top turnbuckle onto the floor. But now it looks like Mick Foley's got the tag and he means business. Yeah, he's looking for the uh, DDT on Batista, but he gets powered back to the corner. (laughs) Bang, bang! Bang, bang! Bang, bang! Have a nice day. And Foley with a huge right hands in the corner. Now he's going to go for the knee. No, he gets taken out by Batista. Huge clothesline. And Batista changes the game for Rock and Sock Connection. Throws him to the outside. Distracts the referee so Orton can go and work his magic. But no, he gets Orton gets caught, choked out. Ric Flair comes to the rescue. And now Orton's going to seize the advantage and send Foley into those stairs. Oh, knees first and Foley just tumbles over the ring steps. And Flair and Orton on the edge of the apron pleading their innocence saying, no, mate, he tripped. And I believe you, Randy. No, I I really... He's just helping him into the ring. He's being a great opponent. He's helping him, assisting... That's that's how he helped him into the ring. He just helped him into the ring. That's how you do it. Goes for the cover. Oh, but Foley just managing to kick out. Oh, and now Orton on the assault with the knees and dragging him across the apron. Oh, a huge uppercut. Enough for what? Rock's busted open. Ruin those movie star good looks. That's what Evolution wanted to do. Ruin the dream for the Rock and Stock connection here tonight. Huge knife edge chop. Now Shana Rock, look, this is how you do the strut. And a hard knife edge chop there to Foley. Now Foley responding with shots. And Flair usually likes shots, but not those kind. Grabs the leg of Foley, tags in Orton. 
So what's The Rock filming at the moment then? The Pacifier? Walking Tall? Oh, no, that's Vin Diesel, isn't it? Uh, Tooth Fairy? What's the one with uh, Sean William Scott in? Welcome to the Jungle. Welcome to the Jungle, something like that. Something like that. Gridiron Gang. Obviously, it's not up to his, uh, you know, what this calibre is nowadays. Fast it's and Furious. Sky San Spray Andreas. <laughs> Ballers, and he not he do that as well? He's really good at ballers, actually. Never you know, seen. if anybody wants to go, yeah, go watch ballers, honestly, it's a great show. I'd have thought MVP would have been great in ballers. Yeah. <laughs> well, the Rock's good in it. Uh, Rock's good in everything. That's what I find. That's why I'm a fan of the Rock. He's actually quite good in a lot. Of yeah, stuff. I, I know you love the uh, Fast and Furious series. I, I've watched everyone with a Rock in. Have you? Yeah, actually, I've. And Jumanji was a great film. Jumanji was quite good, actually. Yeah, it was. <laughs> well, I like Kevin Hart. Yeah, and Jack Black was good in it. Yeah. But anyway, we're not here to talk about movies. We're here to talk about the Rock and Sock connection. What's Batista's great movie? As well as we talk about, what's your favourite movie he's done? Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians, yeah. Man with the Iron Fist is a great film. When he in um, Riddick as well. Yeah, and to miss out on his Escape Plan Two. That's awful. I like Escape Plan Two. You like number two? Yeah. I did not like that one. It's got Fifty Cent in it. Yeah, but only Batista's only in it for like five minutes. And now Foley's got the mandible claw, Batista. As far as films go, though, you can't beat Undertaker and Hogan in Suburban Commando. <laughs> we'll leave it there. Flair gets the tag in. Well, the Manimal Claw was stopped there by the help with Flair, and the referee's got to think, is it fair that Flair can get involved? Well, he's letting it slide at the moment. Rake to the eyes from Flair. Throws him into the Evolution Corner. Tags in Big Dave. And um, Orton was uh, teamed up with Bob Holly. Foley with a net breaker, taking Batista down. Now looking for the tag on the rock. Oh. Oh, to your delight, James. Both men taking each other out of a clothesline, but I think uh, Foley got the worst of that one. You think about the meat behind Batista. Taking Foley down, now Flair getting the tag. Flair, Irish rip to Foley. Goes for the chop. Missed. It hits a huge forearm to the jaw. And now it's Rock and Flair. And Rock with the right hands. And he's on fire, baby. Close eye taking Flair down. Orton's in. He gets planted with a DDT. <laughs> Turns the tech, throws him into the ring. And now he's got all three members of Evolution unsteady. Orton over the top. Oh, but a huge spine buster from Batista. Who's biggest, Batista now or the Rock now? Uh, Batista then or The Rock now? Whoa. I'd still think Batista. Yeah. Yeah, I think Batista was bigger. Oh, what are we going to see here? Are we going to see the evolution <laughs> elbow? Oh, <laughs> uh, woo! Well, Starling and profiling. Taking off his invisible elbow pad. Straight into <laughs> the ropes. Over The Rock. Struts again, oh. but the rock nips up. <laughs> and I don't think he's happy about the flare copping his moves. Batista comes in. The rock ducks his a clothesline attempt, plants him with a DDT. Spine on the pine from the great one. And now we're going to see the proper people's elbow. And the rock now going to go for it. <laughs> Bang. Hits the proper people's elbow. Well, the strut and the style... And I try to go for cover, but Flair roll on his back. Oh! And the Flair kicked out <laughs> of a people's elbow. Oh, my God. There's life in the old dog yet. 
Oh, and the old poke to the eye and the tag into Randy Orton. Now it's the great one going off against the Rock. And now oh, Orton went for the RKO, but cool. Oh, got hit with the uh, Rock Bottom. Going for the cover. One, two, oh. And very wise from Flair dragging the Rock out, but Rock clotheslining through Rick. Now Rick's rolling all around ringside, and he's going after... I don't even know where Foley's going. Oh, no, Flair's got the chair. <laughs> he's got a chair. Batista in, takes out the Rock. Oh, my God. Behind referee's back, he's going to go for the Batista bomb. I don't think Foley can see what's my Flair with a chair. It's not fair. Can Orton roll across to get the pinfall victory? Two. Two. Oh. And the Rock managing to kick out. Oh. And the Rock now looking to tag in Mick Foley. The Rock trying to walk tall here. <laughs> well, this match has been Jumanji. The Rock now looking to tag in Foley. Well, that has been a fast and furious match. Five. And now here comes Foley and he's sucking it to Orton Flair Batista. Batista out. He's taken out the whole of Evolution. Double arm DDT and Orton. Bang, plants him. Could have gone for the cover, but he'd rather introduce Mr. Socko to the WrestleMania crowd. Well, Batista down with a forearm, and Socko's on. And this is going to be the end of Orton. Bang! RKO, out of nowhere. One, two, three. And Randy Orton pins Mick Foley. Evolution, go over and rock and sock. Would that happen nowadays, Dan? And what are your thoughts on that match? I thought it was a very good match. Um, you know, great story. Very good bit of nostalgia. You had the three older guys, you know, the guys that know the business, the two young upstarts, and it makes you, you know, curious about your sexuality with Randy Orton in the ring and his tight-ripped body. Um, and that's and, um, no, it makes it makes you wonder what's going to happen in the future for these two young yeah. upstarts and it's the interesting thing but it's more enjoyable than I, I remember this match being especially with the flair antics involved uh, but ought to get the victory would it happen nowadays I don't think it would I don't think an established team like the Rock and Snock would lose to uh, uh, um, newcomers uh, so to speak but do you think they kind of had plans in place for Orton and Batista yes yeah. Going going through but this. What they say, though, usually is they put people in these matches so they get the rub, but they don't have to win. But I find when they do it like this, look at the results. Look at what Orton and Batista become. Is that just a uh, coincidence? I, yeah, I don't really think so, you know? And now the Rock and Foley. And Foley, has he let the Rock down? Is the Rock upset? Well, he's a very apologetic to the Rock. And the Rock, bit of a slow cap there for Foley. And he's showing the respect. For his tag partner. See a handshake and a hug as well. And that's what it's all about. So the Rock is not upset. But we saw the Hall of Fame as well, 2004. Greg the Hammer Valentine, Don Morocco, Big John Studd, Junkyard Dog, Billy Graham. The superstar, let's not forget. uh, Born, I think, too young. uh, He would have held the title for years. He was like the Hill Junior Bob Backlund days. And I I feel if they would have had Hill Champions Backlund, it would have worked. Sergeant S. Laughter. Tito Santana wrestled the first like eight or nine WrestleManias. Harley Race, the King Harley Race. Yeah, before Flair, before anybody else with multiple title reigns, Harley Race with seven was something incredible, never seen before. 
Jesse the Body Ventura. I think well, his voice is one of the greatest of all times. He should do that kind of tonight. Bobby the Brain Heenan as well. Rest in peace. And what a legend Heenan was. It breaks your heart when you hear what he was like. Oh. Well, I hope Heenan and Gorilla are now up there commentating and all the WrestleManias in the sky. And speaking of the Hall of Fame, that starts off all, well, that's on midway through all the festivities. On Saturday night, we're bringing the Hall of Fame special. Junkyard Dog, something Ritter. Sylvester. Sylvester Ritter takes it up the... What did he die of? Eight. No. <laughs> no, no, seriously, I'm asking, what did he die of? Um, His heart stopped beating. Well, yeah, yeah, he died in a car crash. Oh, yeah. Tragically, there's a tree. No, not like that, unfortunately. I'm going to hit it. I was reading into the Macho Man thing the other week, uh, the rumours, and apparently, before his death, Rumor has it. He was uh, going to have talks with WWE about being used in WWE games and stuff. So apparently they were sorting out. The reason he didn't go to the Hall of Fame was because he wanted his dad and his brother to go in with him. So out of these Hall of Famers going in mm-hmm. in 2004, Dan, who's your favourite? It would be a toss-up between Sergeant S. Laughter and Bobby the Brain. Yeah. Well, How for yourself? I've got to say Bobby the Brain. Oh, yeah, absolutely. A legend in the sport. I can't hear you. But, I mean, all these that are going in kind of definitely deserve to go in there. Who was there not like, because nowadays there is a, like, a headline. A headline act and then the rest are. But who would you say? Because these all seem like quite big guys, you know, even uh, John Studd, Junkyard Dog. I know, you know, even in their time, those big guys, Jesse the Body Ventura, Superstar Billy Graham, S Laughter, you know. Well, it's interesting. Well, well, the Hall of Fame really wasn't something that was uh, done that often. I mean, WWE had it in the early 90s, and Andre Giant was the first guy in there, and then they Bradley had it over the years, and it wasn't until WrestleMania 20 they decided to bring back the Hall of Fame ceremony, have it kind of night before, and that time they realised, shit, we've got a whole bunch of people that if you're not in the Hall of Fame... It's you know, it's not going to make it, and that's even why nowadays you've still got the legacy awards because you're putting in all the old guys, you know, the, the ten or twelve that you're doing it to go into it. It's funny, yeah, how it is. The tagline is where it all begins again. It's basically like a restart button. Mm-hmm. You've got, you know, again going back to him, you've got the likes of Cena, Orton, Batista, and you know, it's like where it's all begun. Yeah, exactly. And talk about that. And where it all began or where it's all changed. You talk about looking back 15, 14 years at this and what women's matches are on a card compared to we may have the first women main event WrestleMania this year and going back and one of the women's matches that we've got is Sable and Tori Wilson versus Stacey Keebler and Jackie in an evening gown match. And isn't the other one a hair versus hair match for women? Yeah, it is as well. So it's not like it's that, you know, kind of thing. But Sable is an interesting... Uh, do you want to fact me about anything, Dan? I'm sure you want to fact me hard about Sable. <laughs> well, Jane, if Sable wins this match... Spoiler alert, she does. But she will become the first woman to win three WrestleMania matches. Wow. 
And it was a minor shot when Sable turned up once more in WWE a year earlier after leaving on acrimonious terms in 99, even filing a nine-figure sexual harassment lawsuit against the company. Mm-hmm. Her rivalry turned friendship with Tori Wilson never made much sense, but it did allow for the current Miss Lesnar to become, in WrestleMania terms, the undertaker of women's wrestlers. Sable and Tori would go over on Stacey Keebler and Jackie Gaida in an evening gown match at this WrestleMania, bringing Sable's record at the event to 3-0. and The only other female performer since to notch three WrestleMania match wins is, and we saw her earlier on, Trish, Trish Stratus. However, look for Sable's record to wind up eclipsed by Charlotte, of course, Flair. Yeah, so obviously, you know, Charlotte rules the roost now, but... Tori Wilson is going into the Hall of Fame this year. So I suppose it's a good match to kind of see what she brought. I, as a young man at this point in time, love Stacey Keebler. She was the one. Tori Wilson was mine at this time. Yeah. Uh, don't get me wrong, Tori and Stacey. I think Sable, and I'm not being sexist here, looked a different generation. I think Sable looked five, ten years ago. Yeah, without doubt, yeah. It, it, that's what it felt like here. And Jackie... You know, but do you know what I've uh, I've gone back? We've been talking about it off podcast, but I've been going back watching How I Met Your Mother. Yeah, and uh, a certain bar woman appeared <laughs> in uh, How I Met Your Mother, and it was Stacey Keebler. Yeah. Stacey was dating John George Clooney for a bit, so yeah. she definitely made it. Tori Wilson with Billy Kidman, and Billy Kidman was the luckiest man alive for at least... Oh, yeah. And we saw her debut five years ago, and we knew how big Sable I was hate five her years voice. ago. For all the girls who want to be me, and all the guys that come to see me. Was uh, she shagging Brock Lesnar at this point? No. It must have been. It must have been. Otherwise, they wouldn't have never met. This is Lesnar's last main, isn't it? Last match. Well, you know, three out of these four women, you've had... Uh... Sable, Tori, and Stacey, they're kind of well-known. But Jackie Gader, have you got any info about her? Hang on a minute. The referee, well, Sable's just said, not going to be evening gown, they're just going to wrestle in their lingerie. Oh, wow. I'm glad they're not using women as sexual objects. I mean, if you brought Lesnar out of the four, would you pick Sable? No. You know what I mean? Like, I'd soon have senior referee or Hebner. Well, I hope, uh, I hope Chad Patton takes his referee's top off soon and has a brassie on underneath to make it. Why couldn't they have had fair. something like this in the match before? <laughs> I mean, Randy Orton. <laughs> Don't, Dan, please. Oh, hello. I want to concentrate. Yeah, but why should never wear thongs? Now, Tor- here is the main event. Tori Wilson. Tori and Jackie were wearing exactly the same thing. Uh, Jackie Gaydar, married to Charlie Haas. Still with him to this day. Decided to walk away from wrestling. She was managing Rico for a time. Uh, but that just never really worked out. She had one of the worst matches on Raw of all time. A mixed tag team match with Bradshaw as a partner. Oh, and Jackie's decided not to bow down to public pressure. She is staying in her evening gown. But Sable has something to say about that and drags her in. And her and Tori... Strip her. And now Sable with the kicks. Are they wrestling? Yeah, they are wrestling now. Snap mare takedown. Tori going up. Sable tags her in. Off the top. Flying crossbody. 
One, two, oh. But Jackie managing to kick out. (laughs) And now Stacey in. Oh, Oh my God. And now Stacey in. Oh. Them legs go on forever. And, oh my God, look at the athleticism. Keep her safe herself. And now legs up. Oh my God. God. Videos with this stuff in. Choking her out. Come on, James, concentrate. Stacey Keebler. It's Keebler. Oh no, sunset flip. Rounds. Oh. oh, she's got Keebler. Oh. No, she turns it round. Oh. They turn it round. Oh. They're all turning it round. <laughs> Two. Oh, and a pinfalls and a few close accidents for James there, I believe. Keebler with a kick. One, two, oh please. Stacey uh, tags in Jackie. She gets speared by Tory though. <laughs> James Easy. And now oh no, referee's call. Oh, oh you poor ref. Oh, oh. <laughs> all over him. Is this where they turn on him? No. No, this is no. Oh my god. Oh, Jackie would have slapped a Tory. Gonna roll her up. No, reversed. One, two, three. Got her. And what's Tori doing? Jesus Christ! Well, <laughs> um, the match wasn't anything to write home about, but <laughs> the action in the ring was the stuff of wet dreams. James, I, I as a child. I really enjoyed WrestleMania 20. How many times did you watch this bit? Uh, loads of times. I'm like, like, there was this, Judgment Day 2003, there was Armageddon 1999. As a young kid, that's what I used to watch. Uh, I'm glad women's wrestling has turned uh, changed since then. Um, yeah. Yep. We move on after that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we're going to need a short break here <laughs> yeah. just to uh, compose ourselves. I mean, after seeing Randy Orton followed by these lovely ladies in lingerie, I mean. Well, is Eddie Guerrero there down trying to get inside Benoit's head and roll him up for tonight's match saying that he doesn't expect him to win here tonight? Yes, but Benoit believes in himself. Can he? He can beat HBK and Triple H. Well, can he win the big one here tonight? And Guerrero's saying, look, relax. That's what he's trying to get out of him. He's trying to hype him up, pep him up. He knows he believes. He believes in Benoit. He believes in Eddie Guerrero. And to Eddie Guerrero, Benoit was a nice guy. To his wife and kids, he wasn't. Did I test 10 years? Jesus Christ. (laughs) I know. Test, 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 that was test. That was a decade of test gone ago. Well, the following contest is scheduled for one fall. One fall! And it's for the Cruiserweight Championship. And what are the rules, down for Two the superstars start in the ring. A superstar is eliminated by a pinfall submission, can out disqualification. The order of appearance was determined through a random drawing. And the last superstar remaining will be the WWE Cruiserweight Champion. So it is your first ever Cruiserweight Open here tonight. At See, look, this is when cruiserweights were actually good because they weren't on the pre-show in the Buddy Murphy territory. That was actually on the main show. 
just after a very sexual evening gown slash underwear match. Chavo Guerrero is the cruiserweight champion, and Rey Mysterio last year WrestleMania 19 gets Matt Hardy for the cruiserweight title. I can't remember which round that ended though. Matt Hardy. I think Matt might have won that. But despite being cruiserweight champion, Chavo does have to start this cruiserweight open match. So Chavo had the match against Eddie Guerrero at the Royal Rumble. Los Guerrero's being broken up by that and sent Eddie over the edge but into WWE title reign. Now Chavo, the cruiserweight champion. I mean, it's a good position for the Guerrero's at this point in time. It is indeed. Look at Jamie Noble coming out here as well. Former cruiserweight champ, probably more known now for the JJ security. To jury. I thought he was brilliant. Absolutely great worker. Yeah, you think he's really underrated, didn't you? Yeah, hugely underrated. And Akio. Is Akio in this match as well? Well, Akio coming out, of course, Jimmy Wang Yang. He would become one of Dan's favourites now. Smackdown number one announcer, Funaki. Shannon Moore. He used to be a little MFer, now going out on his own. Looks like Shannon Moore's going to be starting this match. And the Ultimo Dragon making his debut here in WWE. Well, one of the reasons Ultimo Dragon signed with WWE to be at Madison Square Garden at WrestleMania. And Willie Skidman. Billy Kidman. Billy Kidman, Ed. Tell you what, his music's cool. He's buffed his body up a bit as well, hasn't he? Yeah. Just, I guess, personality really never took over for him. So we end in this match. Who's that jumping out of the sky, James? The Flash! Flash is here! <laughs> and Rey Mysterio always likes to make an entrance. And Shannon from behind. And this is a big stage for Dragon. We talk about the Cruiserweights. They're trying to build it up onto SmackDown. And the Dragon's probably one of the greatest Cruiserweights of all time. Come up with the Asai Moonsault, of course. Backslide, pin attempt. No, more kicking out. Oh. It's going to be very fast action, hard to keep up with. But look at the actual talent that there is in the cruiserweight division at this time. Yeah, if used you know used correctly as well, cruiserweight division could have been so great. And Mysterio is basically carrying this at the moment. But you've got guys who you know even in WCW like the Dragon and Billy Kidman experience, and then Tajiri involved as well. Shannon oh. Moore, Mister Moonsault off the top. Selena Del Sol <laughs> going for the cover. Three. Shannon Moore is out. Jamie Noble in from behind, though, before Dragon had a chance to celebrate his brief victory. And out of all of these, Rey Mysterio is the only one still wrestling for WWE. And now Noble, Irish whipping Dragon. Oh, with Dragon landing on his feet. Lovely kicking combination, goes for a cover. But Noble managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Oh, my Dragon, he's very ahead of his time in wrestling ability. No, Dragon... One of those innovators in the sport. And now he's going up. Lands on his feet, though, because Noble rolled out the way. Spinning heel kick. Looking for Celia Del Sol again, but Noble countered it into a neck breaker. Got the Dragon Sleeper locked in. And Drag- oh, my Dragon taps out. He's <laughs> waiting, isn't it? Fanucky off the top. Flying crossbody. Noble rolls through. Oh. Pinfall. Nunzio in. He's saying, hey, look, we're friends. We're brothers, eh? And Nunzio now getting caught with the forearms. The former little Greedo, but gets pushed off by Noble. 
Nunzio looking to roll up Noble, but Noble managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. Irish whip reverse, sends Nunzio into the corner, gets a back elbow up to the jaw of Noble. Seated drop kick to the head, goes for the cover. Oh, but Noble managing to get his foot on the bottom rope. None of the ring, looking for a second pinfall attempt, but Noble managing to kick out. Ah. Uh-huh. Noble with a go behind, but then Nunzio switched and thrown to the outside. Noble going up top, looking to go flying. Takes out Nunzio. Do you know what I say with Jamie Noble and Nunzio? I think these two guys, if they're a little bit taller, you know what I mean? A little bit more weight to them. They've been used a little bit more. I think Noble's a great little hand. You know, good worker. You look at everything he ever done from future like the Hurricane, even with J&J security is also quite yeah. believable. Stuff the independent scene as well has always been good for him. Noble trying to get in. Nunzio pulls him out. So Jamie returns the favour. Count nine and then ten. ten. Nunzio's out of here. Billy Kidman's in. And these two men have a very good match at Royal Rumble. And now Kidman throw Noble on the apron and Nunzio interfering. Billy Kidman with a baseball slide sends Nunzio into Noble. And Kidman now is going to look to try and break his neck. Kidman on the top rope. Oh my God. <coughs> oh my God. Shooting star press off the top. Springboard shooting star press. Oh. It's a good job he bolts himself up a bit. Otherwise he would have fucking neck. been in a lot of trouble. My God, look at that. Straight into the jaw of Nunzio. Slow motion. Well, Kidman took out two men, but throws Noble back in because he hasn't pinned him yet. Looking for the BK bomb, but Noble turning it round. And that's a move that just beat Dragon, but Kidman realising that. Northern Lights throw. Step up in Sakuri. Oh, no, Kidman, don't try it again. He's put in position going up. No, Noble cuts him off. Kidman perched in a very precarious position. Noble goes up to meet him. Kidman fighting him off. BK bomb off the second rope. One, two, three. And I get rid of him. And I wonder who's the next man. Mysterio springboards his way in. Who's that jumping out the sky? (laughs) F-L-A-S-H. Well, the flash got caught with a drop kick. Oh, Ray Mysterio just not fast enough. My God. He came out of a speed force there in a hurry. And now Kidman gets dodged by Mysterio. Oh, a lovely assisted pop-up drop kick there. Kidman sent to the outside. And Akio hanging Ray Mysterio up on the top rope. K-bomb. One, two... Oh, but Mysterio managing to kick out. Oh. Flash. Well, we know Kidman and Mysterio have been friends for years. We've seen that going back, you know, watching WWE versus WWE stuff. Tag team champions at the moment. Yeah. And Mysterio on that top third buckle. Kidman looking for a gut wrench off a second rope to Mysterio, but Ray fighting out. Oh, my God. What's Mysterio doing? And the Sunset Flip powerbomb off the second turnbuckle finishes Kidman. Tajiri's in now to face Ray. You just see the kick from Tajiri, so dangerous. Springboard from Mysterio. Tajiri ducking it, hitting him up for the tarantula. Dretching Mysterio out. Breaking before the five count. 
Springboard back elbow attempt from Tajiri. Gets stopped by Mysterio with a drop kick to the back. Setting Tajiri up for the 6-1-9. Bang. Hits its mark. <laughs> Tajiri flipped over as well. What is it? The West Coast pop he's doing now? And now here we go. Yeah, West Coast. No. Tajiri blocked it. Kick to the midsection and Akio again. Missed time. Oh. No. Mysterio ducks. It hits Akio. Roll up from Ray. Two, three. And Tajiri's gone and furious. And now, is there only Chavo left? Oh. Tajiri with a kick to the back of the head. Chavo coming and capitalised off this. He's getting counted out by referee Charles Robinson. Well, Akio can't compete because of the miss to the eyes. And now Chavo's just going to take advantage. One, two. two. Oh. oh. No, Ray kicking out. Oh. Now Chavo's coming in. He's just picking up the pieces. Mysterio's been in there a little while now. Chavo's easy. Yeah. Irish rip into the corner. Chavo bounces out. Mysterio springboarded in. Hurricane runner. Beautiful move by Mysterio. And he's still doing it 15 years later. Drop kicking Chavo Sr. down. Mysterio, I don't think Charles Robson's stopping Ray. And Mysterio... <laughs> Flying over the top of Charles Robinson to the outside, taking out Chavo Senior. I don't think Mysterio's finished just yet. Chavo struggling to get to his feet. Sunset flip, flies quite far as well. Rolls up Mysterio, like Chavo, two, oh. three. And with an assistance from his dad, Chavo retains his Cruiserweight Championship. Well, to be fair, Mysterio did attack Charvo Senior first, but I mean, Charvo only had about a minute in there and got the victory. I didn't mind that. I feel that match now, though, these days, would have been about 30 minutes long, do you know what I mean? As opposed to kind of squashing it in the way they did. Again, quite enjoyable. I don't know what you thought. Yeah, it was very good action. All the guys done well, and, you know, you could kind of see how everyone played their part as well. Yeah. You know, even Funaki coming off the top, getting rolled up, caught. Quickly. But, I thought that was one of the best parts of the match when yeah. it was happening. Do you know what I mean? It yeah. felt like there's more speed to it. But all of these guys, seriously underrated talent, and they had a very, very stacked cruiserweight yeah. division. Yeah, and it's exciting times, you know, to, to think that could be more. So we are ready, because up next it's Brock Lesnar versus Bill Goldberg. And I've got to say, as a, as a kid watching this... As a fan, I was desperate to see Brock Lesnar versus Goldberg. The Royal Rumble is about to start any minute. You are the number 30 entrant, Goldberg. That gives you a pretty distinct advantage, doesn't number it? Number 30? Who cares what number Bill Goldberg is in the Royal Rumble? Didn't you just witness Brock Lesnar retaining his WWE Championship? That's all that matters to me. You should be conducting this interview with Brock Lesnar. What matters is tonight, after I go in the ring... I smash every single person with the ball in that Royal Rumble. And I get the opportunity to go to Mania to gain my title. Goldberg is on fire. Wait a minute. Brock Lesnar. Brock Lesnar. F5. F5's coming. Yeah. Yeah. Goldberg. What the hell is this about? Lesnar's not in the Royal Rumble match. And that's all. Oh, Angle. Yeah. Kurt Angle has a little bit I want to come and talk to you about something. You know, SmackDown's got a big you coming up to San Francisco here in a couple of weeks. It's called No Way Out. 
But you know the main event is, right? Eddie Guerrero battles Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship. See, I happen to have a good buddy in San Francisco, and he sent me this ticket. And if you take his ticket bill, and you're sitting on the front row watching Brock Lesnar, don't do anything I wouldn't do. What the hell? Goldberg, for me, I hadn't seen the WCW stuff. You didn't have the network back in the day. You just had that legend of Goldberg streak. And is it when he came over to WWE, was he booked right for that year? JR famously said that he should have been treated like John Wayne. He got treated like Nathan Lane a little bit. And I remember Goldust with the wig and stuff like this. But they finally put the title on him at Unforgiven, the World Championship. And we saw the face-to-face with him and Lesbeth Survivor Series. And I was kind of chomping at the bit. And I know you're a huge fan of Goldberg as well. Uh, and to see him come in and face someone like Lesnar, it kind of really was one of these dream matches. What were your thoughts at the time of Goldberg? Because I know you were a big fan beforehand. Um, well, with Goldberg, I think he should have actually been treated better in WWE. He 
he should have been treated like a superstar, like he was in WCW, because, you know, for all its downfalls, WCW was a bit of a sucky company towards the end, but I think their treatment of Goldberg, especially during the streak time, and, you know, slightly after it as well, he was tr- treated like an absolute superstar, which he didn't kind of get that treatment in WWE, and I think that's... You know, is it because he didn't make the jump before WCW yeah, well, sunk? Uh, it might have been. They might have held it against him. We've seen it happening with talent like that and maybe not giving their due. But, you know, you speak about Goldberg at this time, there's still excitement to see. And the kind of, you guessed that he wasn't going to sign because he only signed for a year. They wouldn't continue. You know, people were a bit surprised. But that's why when they met. Goldberg was world champ. Lesnar was WWE champion. And the story itself was really well told. You know, at Royal Rumble... Uh, well, of course, Goldberg lost the World Championship in the Triple Threat match to Kane and Triple H at Armageddon. And then at the Rumble itself, you know, Lesnar and Goldberg came head-to-head again and, and Lesnar basically cost Goldberg at Royal Rumble, didn't he, you know? He did indeed, Jess. And then uh, No Way Out, we saw Eddie doing the unthinkable and actually defeating Brock Lesnar. And thanks in part to Goldberg, who had attacked Lesnar early on in the night, thanks to being given a ticket by Stone Cold and Lesnar now... Seems to have a bit of a mental breakdown. But we knew Goldberg was leaving. But what about Lesnar? Well, Brock Lesnar actually announced he was quitting 12 days before WrestleMania. And Lesnar lamented what his life had become as a full-time WWE performer, masking the pain and discomfort from the constant grind led to the beastly heavyweight turn into vodka and Vicodin. And it was also all wearing on his psyche. Lesnar also believed he was travelling to distant places for little good reason or incentive. A brief tour of South Africa weeks before WrestleMania, where Lesnar would work in the middle of the show with Bob Holly, pushed him past his breaking point. And upon returning to the States, Lesnar nearly walked out without any notice, but was convinced by future wife, Rena to go to the SmackDown tapings in Savannah, Georgia, to talk to Vince man-to-man. At that second uh, March 2nd meeting, Lesnar agreed to stay on through WrestleMania and he coveted the big payday for his match with Goldberg, but otherwise he'd made up his mind that he was done. Wow, and it's a shame really because Brock Lesnar you know, really developed into a kind of great wrestler. We've seen the babyface run that he'd had and then kind of turning heel with Vincent Mann by his side, you know, and it was kind of, he was putting in performances, you know, he, he was having these great matches, he seemed to be selling a lot, and it worked really, really well, you know, uh, and then it came to a point, obviously, where he, he kind of had had enough, and it's interesting to think, you know, with, with Lesnar and Goldberg involved, like, with Goldberg's known for these kind of short matches, and with, with Lesnar, you know, not lasting, not going to be, I didn't know at the time watching the pay-per-view live, but obviously, you know, the smarter fans have probably gained interest into that, you know. Indeed, yes. Well, also, McMahon reportedly suggested to Lesnar that he could beat Goldberg in 30 seconds. And he was told by McMahon that the decision to put the belt on Eddie Guerrero stemmed from the company wanting to capitalise on its growing Latino fan base. But the beast incarnate thought there was more to it. He believed McMahon wanted the belt off Lesnar as a means of asserting authority and used the it'll build up your match with Goldberg better, reasoning as a distraction. In his wearying state, Lesnar was trusting his boss less and less. And then they threw Stone Cold Steve Austin into the mix to be special guest referee. We saw more altercation with Austin in the recent weeks than it has been with Goldberg because we saw the F5 that Austin got on Raw and then, of course, on SmackDown with the beer truck as well. But Austin's out. At least he's getting a good pop from the crowd. Well, at least one out of these three guys will be getting a... Very good pop. 
<coughs> well, Stone Cold had to retire. You know, we saw him as general manager last year. Now he's come back basically as his sheriff of Raw. But he's been involved. Is it a good way to use Stone Cold after his retirement, Dan? I, I think it is, yeah. It is, um, you know, because you've got these two completely unhinged, huge guys. And I don't think a normal referee could have kind of held up to it. So... You have to have a stone-cold enforcer in yeah. this match. And the negative response that Brock Lesnar's getting, minus Paul Heyman. This is only Lesnar's second WrestleMania. Of course, main event in last year's one against Kurt Angle for the WWE Championship. Of course, Kurt Angle's in a WWE title match later on tonight. So as a patented WWE fan, who would you thought would have walked out victorious in this match? I would have fought Lesnar because uh, Lesnar would have stayed. At this time, I had no idea Lesnar was leaving. I mean, with Goldberg, I weren't sure, but I kind of guessed at that time, as soon as they took the title off him, Lesnar looked to be the future of WWE. But I still think the same WWE fans rejected the Goldberg sometimes as well. Well, again, without having the social media aspects of things, no one would have been much the wiser that Lesnar was leaving. Mm. But a match I would like to have seen preferably would have been the Austin versus Goldberg match. Yeah, I mean, that'd be cool. Even an Austin-Lesnar match, which they tried at one point, might have a think about it. But I think Goldberg-Lesnar, for me, would have been a great match. You know, it was yeah. just the circumstance that's around it. You know, I thought it would just been two big men hitting their best moves at each other as opposed to kind of what become... At least they made up for it, like you said, a few years later. They were obviously both embarrassed how it went down in the end. Especially at the biggest event of WWE. Oh, most certainly. The the negative reactions that both these guys... You would have thought, fuck it, let's just go out and give it our best, you know, but... I think Goldberg's got the fans back in at the moment, though. There we go, these two big men. He's just seen Goldberg saying, motherfucker. <laughs> Austin saying, look, can't bring it together. Austin said to the man afterwards, I never want to be put... If you ever put me in a position like that again... I'll just walk out. There's a normal fan watching this thing. What the fuck are they charting all this for? So it's directed at Lesnar. I think JR explains it. So apparently the rumours are JR saying that he's going to quit WWE for the NFL. And they haven't started wrestling yet. So this, this right here, motherfucker. I'm not holding back. You obviously see how inexperienced Lesnar has got to him. Just yeah. get on with it. I'm sure the, the match said don't fuck about for the first two minutes. And instead of Goldberg getting a chant. <laughs> he loves it, I don't know. <laughs> it's Austin. Well, wrestle then, you motherfuckers. Don't just look at Austin. Just hit him with a couple of stunners and finish it. Finally locking up after what seems like an age. And who's going to win this test of champ? Looks like Goldberg and the only going, but Lesnar pushing Goldberg back now. Now both men on their knees. And even man can get the advantage for evenly matched. It's a shame, because it could have been a wonderful match if they just move for move. Yeah. Again, another lock-up. But most disappointed with. This is when I realised after a while that, you know, sometimes the big matches don't deliver. But they made up for it nearly 15 years later. Mm-hmm. And another stalemate between... The fans are growing more and more increasingly frustrated. It's been a while up until now, hasn't it? That's been a 20. It has, yeah. It's not been a terrible pay-per-view. This match sucks, chance, and bullshit. Side headlock from Lesnar. Goldberg pushing him off against the ropes. Shoulder block, but neither man budging an inch. 
Now face off between the two. And Goldberg's going to hit the ropes this time. And Lesnar standing tall. And they're both going to go running at each other. Oh, both men gone down. Again, two future heavyweight champions or past heavyweight champions. Even Austin, former heavyweight champion or WWE champion, as it were. And a Hall of Fame talent again. You talk about Hall of Fame throughout the, the entire car. You know, not just former champions, but definitely headlining their own right. Yeah. But this match just hasn't worked. I mean, both men getting to their feet and there's just no rhythm, no reason. They've not no. even really started yet, you know. Well, we've mentioned... You know, even nowadays, Brock Lesnar can't work with a, an, another big guy. Yeah. You give him the likes of, you know, a smaller guy, AJ Styles, uh, Daniel Bryan, Seth Rollins. He has a great match. Oh, wait a minute. Goldberg now pick him up by the throat. Gorilla press. Onto the shoulder and just slamming him to the mat. And that's what we want to see. Impressive enough. Goldberg waiting for Lesnar to get up, looking to hit that spear. Oh, Lesnar sidesteps. Goldberg hits the second turnbuckle, tumbles to the outside of the ring. I think Lesnar at this time could have worked with anybody, but I think at this point with Goldberg, they actually changed, and it never changed back. And I think that's a problem with with Lesnar. And even with smaller guys, yeah, he gives them a little sight, but he's always going over, isn't he? Oh, well, most definitely. Well, we'll see what happens at WrestleMania. And now Lesnar on the outside sends Goldberg into the ring post. And a Goldberg sucks chant now. So the crowd just turning against both men. Lesnar looking for a suplex, but Goldberg countering it. And then just clubbing blows by Lesnar. Finally hits the suplex. Lesnar with a cover. Only a two count. Two. And the first cover of the match. Suplex City for Goldberg. They're just trying to wear the big man down. Now Lesnar trying to send Goldberg to sleep like he's done the fans. Who are more interested in what's going on in the crowd by the looks of things. No, there must be a Hulk Hogan looking like in a crowd because that's what they're chanting. Told you that's what WrestleMania's missing. They should have had Hogan come out here with an Austin-Hogan match. Yeah. Or Goldberg-Hogan match. Goldberg and Austin versus Lesnar Hogan. <laughs> Anything apart from this at this moment. Indeed, yeah. It's something that we thought we'd want to see, but obviously under different circumstances. And again, you know, going back to... The little coming together again 14 years ago, it was wholly improved. Again, you're thinking both these guys uh, think they're worth more than this. I think that's what it is, an ego. Yeah, I mean, It must be. I mean, with Goldberg, I think it's his treatment. And just he, It's going to be his last match, win, lose or draw, you know. Whereas with Lesnar, he just just changing attitude wasn't worth it travelling you know and to be fair he proved it right because he's he, he getting paid now probably three times four times the amount he was for doing very little but you know he's had a success in UFC that shouldn't be discredited and a huge clothesline by Lesnar and Goldberg goes for a cover one two no Goldberg kicks out oh we're not trying to intentionally play down this match for you listening but and I think, as you say, you know, this is definitely the problem with Lesnar. Uh, he, I think he thinks he's too good for wrestling. And this is the problem, you know. Like, I don't say it's your love or where you come from. And Goldberg's a former football player who happened upon wrestling. And Lesnar, you know, like I said, collegiate wrestler. But then professional. And it just feels like, you know, look at Stone Cold. He he wanted to be a wrestler from a very young age and look what he'd become. Look at his 
his passion yeah. compared to these two. And I'm, I'm not having a go at people that come from outside, but, you know. You can tell the the performers that love what they're doing. And yeah. I, I think they should get rewarded for it. Oh, and Goldberg has just hit Brock with a spear. Goes for a cover, but Lesnar kicking out. Uh-huh. Uh, Goldberg now getting in the face of Austin. Saying that was three. Austin saying no, that was two. Get out of my face. <laughs> but Lesnar getting up. He's got Goldberg. F5. One, two. Oh. And this time Goldberg kicking out of two. Two. Uh-huh. <coughs> well now Lesnar's getting frustrated with Austin but he's exactly the same count one three it was two and Austin again you know a man that's not going to be intimidated by either Lesnar or Goldberg that looks like Lesnar was trying to walk away and Austin's saying look I'm not done with you it was two now Lesnar just waiting for Goldberg to get to his feet try and hit him with a spear no Goldberg steps out the way rolls through Spear of his own. And a Dan, huge spear. What happens after the spear? Well, James, after the chorus of bows, he jacks him up, hammers him down. One, three. And Goldberg beats Brock Lesnar. So if any doubt that Lesnar wasn't leaving has been confirmed now, Goldberg wins in a awful match it really is terrible probably one of the worst Wrestlemania main event type you know hyped match that turned into that such a a disappointment and it's good that they uh, managed to turn it around in the end 15 years later but still at this point in time it left a a, a bit of taste in the mouth what are your thoughts on that match looking back on it now yeah it it's a lot worse than I remember, when, you know, from seeing it last time I saw it, which is probably only about a year, two years ago. You know, and knowing all the backstage stories to this as well, it was terrible, really. You know, I, I, I'm not sure. I, I think Lesnar definitely could have done more for oh, this match. It's awful. And Lesnar showed his experience and his ego, like you're saying. And now he's telling Austin, or he's telling the crowd that they're number one. Turns it to Austin. Oh. Oh, fucking hell. Bang. Stunner for Lesnar. <laughs> very well sold as well. Stunning's very... Uh, well, stunning is a lot of hard work because Austin needs something cool and refreshing. And JR says Austin's just stunned Brock Lesnar out of a WWE ring. And right it was. This is Lesnar's last WrestleMania until WrestleMania 27. Six? Yeah. Seven. Now Goldberg's got back into the ring. Austin... Sharing a beer with him. And the two bald ones. And <laughs> Goldberg not getting the response Austin is. Goldberg's still feeding him beers. Uh, cheers one last time. But Austin. Stunning the Goldberg. <laughs> and the only time these two men ever made hands on each other, it was Austin stunning Goldberg. So the two attitude eras, you know, kind of icons. Free the company. And it ends for Goldberg. Wow. Well, that's probably the best moment in the entire thing was just that. <laughs> it was indeed, You can yeah. see why McMahon wanted it to be 30 seconds. Yeah, I mean, you could have fit all that into 30 seconds quite easily. Well, we must be at half time. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, we've got an announcement about WrestleMania 21. And if WrestleMania you wa- goes Hollywood. If you want to hear WrestleMania 21, that's Dan's mystery WrestleMania from last year, I do believe. Well, guess what next year's going to be? <laughs> Vincent Mann coming out of here. So what did Vincent Mann have to say, Dan? I didn't catch it. Thank you, God damn it! <laughs> no, he said WrestleMania wouldn't be what it is today without the fans. And he, you know, he thanks each and every person there. And it is good from the chairman to come out here and thank everyone. Because, you know, normally he's like, and it's no thanks to you, it's all yeah. down to me. And it all begins again. But up next, where the action really heats up. Because it's the SmackDown tag team titles on the line. And the world's greatest tag team are coming out here. Fatal four-way, Benjamin and Haas. I really like Benjamin and Haas as well as greatest tag team. It's a shame they didn't go any further, you know, especially after being Team Angle and then having a little bit of success in their own right. I think very, very solid team. They're trying to replicate Benjamin yeah. the past couple of years. But here we go. We've got a fatal four-way for the tag team titles. It's fatal four-way, sudden death. First team score, pinfall submission wins. Champions do not have to be pinned. And who's in the match, Dan? Well, we've got the self-proclaimed world's greatest tag team, Haas and Benjamin. We've got Rikishi and Scotty Too Hotty. We've got Doug and Danny, the Basham brothers. And we've got Bradshaw and Farouk, the APA. So, four very interesting tag teams here in the APA. Of course, still going strong at this point. Farouk and Bradshaw. Because Farouk, uh, Bradshaw having his hair cut. And who would have thought, Dan, that in... Three, four months' time from WrestleMania 20, he would be WWE <laughs> Champion and JBL. I was just about to say that. You know, you can you can kind of see he looks like JBL has just put on the APA gear for a night. <laughs> yeah, yeah. As opposed to being Bradshaw. Here come the Basham to a part of JBL's cabinet as well, weirdly enough, coming <laughs> up. <laughs> but... They're coming out here now, Doug and Danny. Are you a fan of, you're a fan of Doug and Danny, aren't you? I'm not, no. No, I am fans of Too Cool, Scotty Too Hotty and the Quiche. What are you, do you like Van Master Sexe or Rikishi? I, I like Rikishi. I think Rikishi's quite cool. And he's still going at this time. Cool, see, uh, I think, do you think Rikishi's more famous now for having... The Usos, or is he still as famous for what he was doing back in the Attitude Era? I think he's still famous for what he's doing back in the Attitude Era. You know, you look at, uh, what was it, that cage match? Mm-hmm. Where he fell backwards off the cage. He's had the running over Austin angle. He's, uh, you know, he's had a very memorable Royal Rumble moments himself. Tag team champion, Intercontinental champion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I said, he had a very successful career, especially a man with such a fat ass, you know. And I think that was part of the gimmick towards the end with Rikishi. It was like, we like you because of that, but now we've got to fire you because you're just too fat. So, I mean, we use those now. It's weird, his sons are actually tag team champions, you know, 15 years. <laughs> that is actually, quite, yeah. <laughs> As ben, Benjamin and JBL start things off. And again, you know, out of these eight guys, only one of them still wrestling for WWE now. Exactly, only one of them became... WWE champion as well. Yeah. A big shoulder. Oh, sorry. Ron Simmons has been had been world champion at this point. So out of these eight guys, would you have thought JBL would be the one to become heavyweight champion or look, WWE champion? I would have picked, probably picked one of Benjamin and Haas. You know, you look at uh, what Benjamin could do in the ring. And like I said, as a tag team, I think really, really good. I mean, you look at them as maybe single success 
summer down. Like you would, you would associate them being around a long time as well. Do you know what I mean? To develop in that way, maybe maybe not the Bashams as much, but Rikishi they kind of tried it, didn't they? And it didn't really work as a main event level type. But I hated JBL for a year. I didn't watch SmackDown because of him for that reason of being champion. He just, I, I didn't feel he deserved it at that time for being a tag team wrestler to just becoming that. So, fifteen years later, do you feel he deserved his run? No, I still don't think he deserved. Right. But the thing is, Eddie Guerrero think he thought he deserved it because he, he thanked it, JBL for taking the pressure off him for being champion. You know, and that's the sad story with Eddie Guerrero's WWE champion now. Just because too much of him, by the time Eddie Guerrero recovered and wanted to have another go at it, unfortunately he passed, you know, which is a real shame to see what he could have done. And JBL carried the SmackDown brand, I suppose, but the matches in the time were awful, always outside interference, always, you know, members of the cabinet involved, until finally John Cena, you know, next year at WrestleMania, WrestleMania 21. Now Scott Tarotti's in with Charlie Haas. Takes him down, nips up to his feet, has a little dance. Dance break! And the moonwalk, which would be banned in the WWE nowadays, and Benjamin knocked off the apron. <coughs> well, it's great. It's tag team taking a page out of the Heart Foundation's book. And a beautiful move. Going for the cover, but Scott managing to kick out. Uh-huh. Oh, Charlie Haas just taking a life. That Scotty's he's desperate for a tag. And I try out. Charlie Haas going to slam Scotty. lands on his feet. Blind tag from one of the Bashams. And now JB in, in to stop that as well. Bradshaw. Bradshaw in to stop that as well. Now Doug and Danny going to go working on Scotty. Double suplex to Scotty. Both men nipping up. They're like a very early uh, Bella Twins. <laughs> <laughs> well, Benjamin in to stop that count. Yeah, tag team wrestling probably wasn't the best. Yeah, the best tag team here for me. Well, it's greatest tag team. Yeah. Even then, out of the eight tag teams we've seen tonight, I probably like three of them. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, it's not really saying much. Is that including Rock and Sock? <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <clears throat> uh, Scotty Williams, Zaguri tugs in. You're gonna shot of Rikishi's ass. And now back suplex, but Scotty lands on his feet, pushes him away, tags in Rikishi. He takes out world's greatest tag team. Close lines for Rook. Double clothesline to the world's greatest tag team. I don't want to have a go at Ron Simmons, but he hasn't done a lot in this match, has he? I was just about to say that. <laughs> there he is. He's been involved <laughs> twice. Once taken out by Rikishi and once a double X-handled <laughs> smash. But Rikishi in with Benjamin. Sends him across the ring. And they're looking at the German suplex in, but it's unsuccessful. Oh, my God. He just butt-bumped him out of the ring. Oh, Haas is in position for stink face. Oh, no, not a WrestleMania. Bradshaw with a big boot. Doug Basham from behind, ducking the clothesline. Gets caught by JBL. Bradshaw, full away, away slam. slam. Sends him into the world's greatest tag team. Danny Basham. Nice to know you. Oh, clothesline from hell. Join my cabinet. And now... Time for Rikishi to feel the heat. No, Samoan drop. Bradshaw rolls to the outside. Oh, now Rikishi sits on Basham. Thanks for coming. And gets the cover. Rikishi and Scotty defend, uh, retain in a quick tag team match. I do hope that 
Bradshaw Farouk for this match because Farouk done two moves. <laughs> Robin Simmons was winding down at this point, all right? So he was just there. Soon he'd go on to just say, damn. So, you know, it's nice that he was on the uh-huh. card. And now we're going to see Scotty's worm. He's dancing around. And I think the crowd's still pissed off about the Brock Lesnar-Goldberg match. Tag team titles retained. And we can see Rikishi dance. Edge is coming. <laughs> Edge is coming, Dan. He's been out with neck injury since February 2003. He's going to make the turn. And this is when they looked at him to try and be a kind of main eventer. Jesse... The body, Ventura. And he's coming out here to have a few words. And I guess headline acts from the Hall of Fame, it would be then Jesse Ventura, former governor. Oh, that is incredible. Jesse Ventura coming out here and interviewing Donald Trump. So I couldn't remember. You remember that, didn't you? I honestly yeah. completely forgotten that. And saying to him, would you back me if I became going for presidency? And, and Trump. Is president now? It seems like a make believe world, doesn't it? It does, yes. And uh, you hear Jerry the King Lawler saying, "What well, we could have a former wrestler as a president and a billionaire as a vice president." That's mental. And now Trump is actually president. <laughs> Jesse Ventura, let's make it. That's crazy. Uh, women's championship match is next. It's Molly Holly versus Victoria for the women's title. You feel to be a bit crammed in here. Have we got time for? It? I don't know. I don't know, but James Molly Holly volunteered to shave her head just to get on to WrestleMania. Oh, my word. And most fans at the time would concur that Molly Holly was one of the more underrated performers of her day, even if WWE felt its audience should laugh a bit at her for having more realistic, but still very much attractive frame. The women's division of the time wasn't taken particularly seriously, and the real not-life Nora Grenwald was disheartened when she learned that there would be no women's championship match at WrestleMania. That's when she made what she would consider a small sacrifice. Molly went to creative and pitched the idea of having her head shaved in defeat to Victoria, figuring something that unique would have to be greenlit. The matchmakers decided to roll with it and Molly got her wish. Happy that she got to take part in a WrestleMania moment with some standout qualities. I really love Molly Holly. You know, you talk about a character that developed from the attitude of someone that could really go in the ring as well. It's got a kind of respectful quality. You would talk about, you know, women's wrestlers nowadays, who they respect. Molly Holly is going to be right up there on that list of kind of who didn't back down for what she believed in. You know, they talk about someone that cares about the business. And it's definitely Molly Holly. And someone like Victoria, who's retiring this year, long career, you know, coming in. I think she did very well for herself as well. Well, you know, considering the other women's match, if you can call it a match, on the cards, I mean, they've had to contend with Mm. his uh, bras, panties and ball gowns. I mean, you know, you could be forgiven for thinking this one's going to be a similar thing, you know, but it, it is two women with, again, no disrespect to the four women that appeared before them, but a lot more respect for themselves and the business. Yeah, well, it's a shallow doubt, you know. You can you can definitely tell from that and definitely just how they work as well in the early going here. And that's not me being, like, pretentious or facetious. It is, and I did thoroughly enjoy the match before, but <laughs> for the gentleman qualities, not for the talent yeah, yeah, yeah. involved. Well, they, they was very talented, but well, not that kind of talent. Molly's gone to the outside to catch a breath. And Victoria looks really motivated as she goes for the baseball slide. Molly sidestepping it, clotheslining her down. Well, Victoria, you know, uh, debuted as a kind of crazy one. 
had a great street fight with uh, Trish Stratus for the Women's Championship. It used to be associated with Stevie Richards as well. So you can see that she's had a lot of associations throughout the years. Of course, had a success in uh, Impact Wrestling as well. And now Molly's trying to send Victoria to sleep. She's got great submission hold there, working that cross the knee. Victoria's trying to alleviate some of the pressure. But the hold just getting tighter at the moment. A shot to the midsection and Molly just pulling the hair there. They can just drop the elbow. They're getting nothing but canvas. Now Victoria with a kick to the face. Double leg takedown. Roll up. One, two. Oh. Molly. Two count. Two. Molly struggling to get to her feet. Caught with the right hand. And again by Victoria. And now using the ropes. Victoria power slam. Lovely slam. Go to <laughs> gonna cover, but Molly managed to kick out. Ah. <clears throat> oh, Molly dragging Victoria throat first onto the bottom rope. I think both these women are very underrated performers. Without a doubt. Now Molly looking to go up and win the Women's Championship. But getting cut off by Victoria. Now Victoria might be trying to suplex, but no, Molly blocking it. Now Molly's off the top, going for the powerbomb. Hits it. One, two, no. Getting the shoulder up at two. Two. Now Molly's in control, but how can she put away Victoria? Maybe looking for the widow's spell. Rolls up Molly. Oh, and that was a very shock victory. Just rolls her up from nothing. Gets the free count. And just like that, Molly has got to be shaved. (laughs) She can't (laughs) believe it. (coughs) Leave it. Victoria celebrating here. Women's champion. And Molly has lost not only the match, but her hair. And Victoria knows exactly what's going to happen. Molly tries running out of there, but Victoria in hot pursuit, grabbing Molly. We're getting caught with a back elbow. And now Molly looking to make her way out of the town and the wrestling arena. And now she's running away, but oh, Molly sneak attacking Victoria. And now she might. After she slams her head into the stage, look at her head. And this wasn't the plan. Well, not turned on yet. He said he can't plug him in. Oh, hairspray to the eyes. And Molly might be blinded. Bounces her head off the table. And now put in that chair. And Victoria now is ready to give Molly a makeover. Strapping her in. What kind of barber chair is that that comes with straps and holsters? Well, I don't know. Now she's got the shaver and Molly. No. And she's even her head. Molly's going to be bald. Oh, my God. We've never seen this before at WrestleMania. And she agreed to appearing in this match just so she could get a WrestleMania match a moment. Exactly. Now she's realising that she's got her head shaved. Do you reckon the... Uh, Carpet in the curtains match. Well, I don't know. Time. Molly at the moment is rocking a really cool mullet. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Isn't that a river? Oh, no, it is a mullet. You remember yeah. mullet, yeah. You remember that? Party, uh, business at the front, party at the back. And Victoria's celebrating. Uh, she's not done with the haircut yet. You think Donald Trump's thinking, yeah, in three years' time, I'd like no, to participate in a match like this. Yeah. Uh, the crowd have finally kind of forgiven WWE for the... Uh, Brock Lesnar-Goldberg match yeah. and a chanting Baldy at Molly Holly. 
Well, why not at this time of year as well? Bring back someone like Brutus and Barber Beefcake to help them cut the hair, you know? Come on now, it's a missed opportunity. Uh, but that's enough fun because now it means serious business. The W Championship is on the line. And Eddie Guerrero, only being champ for a month, beating Brock Lesnar, will face Kurt Angle in what has the potential to steal the show. Eddie Guerrero going up against a man that could well be having his last WWE match at this year's WrestleMania. Without a doubt, you know, Kurt Angle has been one of those guys who, you know, it's a shame he had to go away due to injuries, but it's come back and now it's going to end and hopefully it ends in, in the way that he wants it to end, you know. And we can look at great WrestleMania matches that Angle would have or has had since then, in a, in a short space of time, you know, the classic against Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania 21, and everything that he did, and, and you're a big fan of this match as well, aren't you, you know? Huge fan of this match, yeah, again, both hugely talented wrestlers, Eddie Guerrero and Kurt Angle. Many people have asked me, why, Kurt, why? I didn't attack Eddie Guerrero for me. I attacked Eddie Guerrero. For the fans of SmackDown, for all of the WWE, Eddie Guerrero is a former drug addict. A drug addict is the last person we need to represent us as the WWE champion. That's why when Eddie Guerrero won the championship, I couldn't just sit there and let Eddie destroy the morals that are the cornerstone of the character of this nation. One day you will thank me for the champion that you can be proud of. Wait a minute! Whoa! Let's go! WWE champion, Eddie Guerrero! Kurt Angle! You like to jump people from behind, so I'll tell you what, Holmes. I'm going to take the fight to you. Officers, I want you to arrest Eddie Guerrero! You're spending the night in jail! There's a poison seeping through the moral fiber of this country. Our WWE champion gets himself arrested, mired in scandal and disgrace. That's exactly what I feared would happen if Eddie Guerrero became champion. Would you feel comfortable if your children were acting like Eddie Guerrero? And Eddie Guerrero as the WWE champion will only bring disgrace and shame to this company for years to come. I won't allow that to happen. I am hereby demanding that Eddie Guerrero issue a public apology for his reprehensible behavior. Tell you I'm sorry. Now. No, Holmes, I'm proud to be the WWE Champion! I'm proud to represent the WWE fans, Holmes! I wish I was in a position to beat some sense into you myself. You couldn't beat me if I had both hands tied behind my back. Let me just get this straight. You're serious when you say that, right? Your hands will be handcuffed behind your back. And your opponent, Paul Heyman. Oh! Eddie Guerrero shot to Paul Heyman. And look at Paul Heyman running away. Oh, my God. Kurt Angle? Taz, this is bad. Eddie, Eddie Guerrero's hands are still handcuffed. We have the greatest fans in the world, but they have no appreciation for what I'm doing. 
my match at WrestleMania is the most important match in my life. I'm not only fighting for myself. I'm fighting for the future of this company. You know, these two guys just gelled really well together as well. Much like I, I think Eddie Guerrero did with 90% of his yeah. opponents. Yeah, Eddie Guerrero. He had yeah. that complete unique talent that he could pull out a great match with everyone. You know, whether it be Rey Mysterio or at the other end of the spectrum, Brock Lesnar. Yeah, without a doubt, you know. And it's another guy who not only can work with any guy any size, but also can work as a face or a heel effectively as well. And be even hated or absolutely beloved uh, I think Guerrero is a little bit more than just being over you talk about the levels of Austin or The Rock I think Guerrero in his own right was loved in a way that not many wrestlers were you know and I think it definitely shone here especially against someone like Kurt Angle who went to hill best in this storyline of attacking Guerrero from behind and calling him like kind of legal immigrant and stuff like this you know it kind of added a little bit of edge to it you know as well Paul Heyman was representing Kurt Angle at this point as well yeah. which is Crazy. Maybe he's general manager. He might have been, yeah. No, it's Stephanie and... Uh... Oh, Stephanie and Eric Bischoff, isn't it? No, Stephanie got choked out, I think, by Vince uh. at No Mercy and then Heyman. So much like Austin McMahon, Heyman faced Guerrero, but he's had both hands tied behind his back. <coughs> and Heyman thought he had advantage, but even Guerrero was beating his ass. Heyman running away, yeah, and then Kurt Angle makes an appearance wearing a very fetching turtleneck. Well, we thought he wasn't in the arena, it was all the ruse, they were in cahoots, Dan. They were definitely in cahoots. And you can see Angle's turned, he's got that kind of faraway look in his eye. Taping up his wrists and hands so he could get a more solid punch on the head. Of Eddie Guerrero, who is ever defiant, spitting in the face of Kurt Angle, saying, come on in, hit me. But Angle did oblige. Indeed, yes, with the heavyweight title so hard that it knocked Kurt Angle off his feet. <laughs> but that is, again, you know, and performance that Eddie Guerrero puts in. And this is the thing that we're going to see here tonight for the WWE Championship. And Molly's still being shaven. Oh, yeah, I forgot that she was still getting shaven as I was making her entrance. Oh, my God, she's bald. And her hair's cut short as well. All their hair is gone. And that's the Women's Championship match. Well, James, you know what they say, hair today, gone tomorrow. And speaking of Kurt Angle, after a head shaved, his career turned around a little bit. (laughs) That is very fucking true. (laughs) Bald head. Um, Maybe that annoys Kurt Angle even more, walking by Molly Holly and feeling... That's what Edge did to me just a couple of years ago. And I'm going to go out here now and win the WWE Championship. Well, James, did you know that Kurt Angle worked WWE Championship match with numbness in his fingers? And at the time of WrestleMania 19, it seemed like Angle was going to miss a year of action after undergoing essential spinal surgery. He would be made aware of a Pittsburgh-based neurosurgeon named Dr. Hei Dong Zhou, who would provide a more invasive surgery that would have Angle back sooner. And sure enough, the wrestling machine was working once more by early summer 2003. However, 
problems began to rear their head once again and Angle began experiencing more problems at the time of his championship match with Eddie Guerrero. It was noted in Brian Alvarez's Figure 4 Weekly that Angle performed in the captivating bout with numbness in his fingers and it was and was scheduled for an MRI. Angle was out several months performing in the interim as SmackDown's general manager before resuming wrestling shortly before SummerSlam 2004. And going back into a feud with Eddie Guerrero being the masked man to interfere in the match against JBL for the WWE Championship. Look at Eddie Guerrero now coming out here. And Eddie Graham must be on top of the world after toppling the beast in Brock Lesnar. Now face the Olympic gold medalist at WrestleMania 20. A man five years ago, who, like I said, was a mid-carder, not even that in WSW, and now finds himself holding the WWE Championship in the biggest WrestleMania of all time. What is it about Eddie Graham that makes him so likeable, then, Dan? I, I, I think it's just his uh, attitude in general towards wrestling. I think he's a brilliant performer. You know, he's got a great comedic side, but he can be serious as well. Uh, outstanding performer in the ring. And, uh, you know, he just done whatever it took to get on top. You know, they just say that draws you to him. You know, you talk about the guys who's so likeable, something like that. And I think with Eddie Guerrero, it, whatever he does, he always gives 100%, you know. And I think that's what we've seen. I think the same could be said for Kurt Angle. Even with injury problems, you know, he's still trying to fight through. And give what's best. He nearly didn't compete at WrestleMania 19 last year in the main event because his body couldn't hold up. And after this match, he'll be out for a few months, you know, being SmackDown general manager before finally returning to wrestling full time. Having a great match. Uh, and looking back five years ago, I mean, Eddie Guerrero could barely get a break in WCW. I mean, wrestling around the Cruiserweight division. Now, these two men don't like each other, but. In the early going, there's a little bit more wrestling style to maybe what we thought it would be. Angle, of course, Olympic gold medalist, but Guerrero's been brought up the Guerrero family since day one. You know, been wrestling in the ring in the backyard. The thing about Kurt Angle's injuries and all that, like you know, he can't turn his neck now, so you see him. He has to go from side to side. But again, not talk about outside companies. At least he had a big success. In uh, TNA, you know, a couple of great matches, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe, people like that. 50-50 chant for Angle, though. Half saying, let's go Angle. Half saying, Angle sucks. There is, like, night and day, the difference between this match and the Brock Lesnar-Goldberg match as well. You know, you talk about passion, talk about two men that love the business itself for your professional wrestling. And uh, You look at <laughs> Angle, they put through their body on the line for it. And with Lesnar and Goldberg, you know, that's the question now. And these last seven guys to appear on the card as well, you know, you've got these two, you've got Undertaker, Kane, you've got Triple H, Michaels and Benoit, all heavyweight champions. Yeah, and all Hall of Famers as well, you would say. Oh, apart from Benoit. Well, yeah, Benoit won't get in the Hall of Fame, but career-wise. And now Angle to the outside with a shoulder block by Eddie. Turn up the heat. The Latino heat. So we start off with two future or former heavyweight champions and we finish with seven future or former heavyweight champions. So the amount of talent that is on this card it is actually unbelievable, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. Hall of Fame talent. You know, <laughs> even if you disregard the Cruiserweight top match, well, even the Cruiserweight top match, you've got Ray Mysterio involved in that. Tag team match, you know, like I said, Dudley's. No angle with a front face lock. Just wearing down Eddie Guerrero, trying to frustrate him. 
Oh, trying to get his shoulders down, but Eddie's just up every time. Of this whole card, though, are actually full-time wrestlers. You've got Orton, Shelton Benjamin, and Brock Lesnar. <laughs> and now Eddie coming to life. Well, the arm drags to angle. Now he's going to work the shoulder. Out-wrestling the Olympic wrestling machine. Both these guys trying to out-wrestle one another. Angle managing to get free and just a knee to the midsection sends Eddie to the mat. Oh, it's your time to shine. Well, here we go. Kurt Angle's got in the abdominal stretch. Made famous by Wilbur Schneider. Who made it famous in what decade, Dan? 2018. No, not, tw- no, not 2018. Not 1930. <laughs> the 1930s, yes. First applied on Dick Tabler. And now Eddie's looking to go for the three amigos, but Angle blocks it off. And Angle looking for the three Germans. Eins, zwei, drei. Don't German us. And Eddie trying to block it with the elbow. And Angle low. Oh, trying to toss Eddie to the outside. Eddie holding on to the top rope. Landing on the apron. Angle sliding between the legs. Looking for a German to Eddie. Off of the edge of the apron. But Eddie hanging on for dear life. Eddie going up top looking to a bit of high impact. Oh, but no angle sidestepping. Eddie hitting ribs first onto Barricade. And he must have fallen at least 10 feet. At least 12 foot. And Guerrero in serious trouble now. And Angle will see that. Angle straight into the ring. A roll up, only a two count. Two. I want to see the straps come down. That means... He means business. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. <laughs> Knee to the ribs, cover for Angle, but again, Eddie managing to kick out. Oh. Angle backing Eddie up in the corner. Oh, both of these in their prime would be a force to be reckoned with today, even. Oh, I doubt. Most, you know, these two guys nowadays would be multiple time champions. There's no doubt. And you think about the matches Eddie Grower could have with an AJ Styles or a Daniel Bryan. Oh, fucking hell yeah. Would be incredible. And the same with Kurt Angle if he was, you know, just like I said, had to go five years previously. Just the body gives out on you. And you see where yeah. Angle's performance is. That's what happened. But my problem with this match, and I don't have a go at it, but if the two guys that don't like each other, like the Jericho Christian match, this is more scientific. This is like two guys that actually kind of Respect each other in a way, you know what I mean? Like a more of an athletic outing. Indeed, yes. Yeah. So and a huge jawbreaker on Angle. Finally get some separation, but Angle flapjacking Eddie Guerrero mid-first onto the top rope. Onto them busted ribs. Angle with a roll-up to... But you can see, like, you know, with this... With these two guys, the difference in this and uh, the Christian Jericho match is that they hate each other, but they, they're also aware of the talent that the other person possesses. It's not a case of just ground and pounding them. It is a case of out-wrestling them, embarrassing them, and making them look stupid, and kind of you know wearing them down that way, as opposed to what the other two guys was like, and that was just you know a general all-out slugfest. Yeah, this feels like more uh, <coughs> athletic, 
state of a guy that kind of been number one, number one contender coming in yeah. and having the best in this. It's like yeah, Taz said in commentary as well about, you know, stamina and conditioning. We're going to try and outlast Eddie Guerrero throughout the match here. But the problem is Eddie Guerrero's in such great shape as well. So Kurt Angle can't actually see it through. If we do it in that way, that's cool. But you want to see him kind of turn that up a little bit as well. And bring that out and bring the excitement into it. Well, that's the thing, you know, because nowadays you'll get midway through a match and then you'll have the face off and both guys will just start going hell for leather at each other. And I think you kind of see too much of that that it kind of renders it meaningless. Mm. Whereas, you know, you, you can see these two guys performing alongside a match that we'd have, you know, Pete Dunne versus Tyler Bate. Whether, you know, there is respect there, but there's also a bit of hatred, a bit of competition. Both guys wanted to be number one. Well, Kurt Angle with the overhead belly to belly goes to the cover, but any manager to kick out. Uh, Angle trying to place Eddie on the top turnbuckle does. Huge chop across the chest. You know, when technical doesn't work, he just goes slugging it out and delivering a few headbutts. And Eddie might be in trouble, might have internal bleeding. Angle trying to run up the ropes and catch Eddie. Oh, Eddie pushing Angle off, going for a frog splash, but Kurt moving out of the way just in time. And Eddie hitting nothing but Matt. And that's going to injure further the ribs that Angle's been targeting the past five minutes. And Eddie's softening him up for the Angle slam. Now Kurt... Let's turn it up a little bit. Stomps in the corner. Wait for Eddie to get to his feet. Maybe he's thinking this is going to be the end. I do miss the kind of cocky wrestling machine, Kurt Angle. They know, like, the intensity, integrity, and intelligence. Like, you know, come out here. Give it your all. Yeah. I'm going to out-wrestle you. I, I, you know, Kurt Angle, for me, is one of the greatest of all time, you know. And it's just a shame that we didn't have a little bit more with him in WWE as he was. Because, like you said, that kind of thing and the way he would have feuded with people and it was just been brilliant to see Angle kind of giving it his all you know once he just said fuck it and just gonna get on with it a bit like Eddie Guerrero saying now yeah oh Angle's getting the upper hand but Eddie's saying like, come on hit me but we have seen Kurt Angle as an honorary member of the Shield yeah without a doubt so <laughs> he's just all that when he came back and we've seen it all back elbow and a clothesline by Eddie Irish Rip reverse, Eddie back first into the corner, but sidestepping the oncoming angle. Back suplex from Guerrero. Calls across for the cover. Two. No, Kurt kicking out. Oh. Now Eddie just wants Kurt to get up. Suplex angle with a backslide, though. Hit him with a German. He's kept the grip. Trying to get back to a vertical base to deliver the second. No, Eddie rolling through with the cover. Two. Oh. No, only a two count. Two. And Angle just simply clotheslining Guerrero down. And now Kurt Angle might be looking to end things here. He's pleading for Eddie to get to his feet. Going to go for the Angle slam. No, Eddie Guerrero turns it into an arm drag takedown. Clotheslining Kurt. And now Eddie's turning up the heat again. Tiltwell heads us and says Angle to the mat. <laughs> and Eddie's feeling it now. No, Angle going low, picking the ankle. Looking for his submission. And Eddie turns to his stomach. He's in trouble. He's caught with it now. The grapevine gets locked in. No, Eddie managing to fight out of it. And now Angle comes running in, but a picture-perfect drop kick by Guerrero. Eddie going up top. 
Going to be looking to hit the frog splash. Well, he missed one earlier, and the damage to the ribs might cause internal bleeding. An angle running up top. Oh, a huge throw from Angle, sending Guerrero about halfway across the ring. At least three quarters away across the ring. Goes for a cover, but only a two count. Two. Oh. Well, you wanted to see it, and you've got it. The straps are down. Angle's got the ankle, dragging Eddie to the middle of the ring. And Eddie's got nowhere to go at the moment. Rolls through. Gets a pin attempt. Angle kicks out. Ah. Eddie up to his feet first, but gets caught by Kurt. German plants Guerrero. Looking for the angle slam again. This time it should stick because the straps are down. No, Eddie to DDT. And Kurt Angle spiked down. And he gives Eddie a chance to go up. Can hit that frog splash. Hits the mark, TARDIS. One, two. Oh. Angle just managing to get the shoulder up at two. Two. Now, I'll tell you what, Kurt Angle's got one of the best kickouts. Uh-huh. Eddie. Eddie can't believe it. He's shocked. He's a gog. Now, Eddie is wondering what the hell is going to take to put Kurt away. And his Kurt now might be dead weight. Is Eddie struggling to get him up? No. Kurt was playing possum. Hello, possums. Straight on the ankle. And Eddie, who had to hold on earlier, is struggling to survive here. And you can see Angle wrenching away at the ankle, but Eddie managing to roll through, sends Kurt to the outside. And oh my God, that ankle seriously damaged. You can see Eddie Guerrero with a boot. Trying to alleviate some of the pain and the pressure. The fans chant Eddie, he's still in this. The look on Eddie's face when Kurt Angle gets up as well. <laughs> Absolutely fucking brilliant. Well, you can see Eddie there holding the ankle. <laughs> <laughs> look at Eddie. Absolutely fucking perfect. And Angle again charges into the ring straight after that ankle of Eddie. And Eddie now just trying to push Angle away. Kurt's left with nothing but the boot. A roll up from Eddie. Free and Eddie retains. He had a little bit of help from the <laughs> bottom rope, but Eddie does retain his championship. Oh, well, to lie, cheat, and steal. Indeed, yes, Kurt's left red faced. <laughs> oh, my God, and Eddie Guerrero still your WWE champion. Dan, what do you think of that match? Absolutely fucking brilliant. Two amazing wrestlers, you know, uh, both. Put on a great performance as well. And these two guys, you can tell they've worked really well together, really hard together on this match. And it shows, you know. Um, yeah, nothing but superlatives to throw at these two guys. Yeah, really, really good stuff. Uh, I said a little bit disappointing at the start, but then they turned up the heat, so to speak. And you can see it really clicking and gelling. And uh, I think this match is kind of built more on rematches, you know. Maybe with Kurt Angle's injury getting in the way of it. But especially the way Angle was in this, you know, he had looked like Guerrero beat and Eddie had to go to anterior motives to win. And usually it's the hill that does it. But Eddie Guerrero is just so beloved. And with, a, you know, that kind of hood and the wink, you see him hooking the ropes as well and getting the job done. And that's what made Eddie Guerrero so special here, you know. Uh, certainly, yeah. 
Well, up next is a match that, as a kid, watching this, was so excited because of the return of the dead man. The Undertaker in 99 when I had first become a wrestling fan. Yes, Dan, I am going to make it all about me for a second. When I was a wrestling fan, I was a huge fan of The Undertaker. Well, originally in 92, it was The Undertaker who I loved. And in 99, he was kind of getting to the end of the kind of ministry and what we see in this year on WWE versus WCW. He came back the following year as America Badass, and that dead man was away. And America Badass gimmick wasn't too bad, was it, you know? It wasn't, no. It was a good change out from what he was. So then we came, you know, a few matches with Brock Lesnar and then a buried alive match as far as Mr. McMahon. And then with Kane coming out. And Kane, of course, had lost his mask uh, recently as well and kind of sent him in a new demonic way and uh, buried the Untaker. And the Untaker now was coming back and as the actual dead man. And I was so excited by this to see. We had seen the signs. We had seen all this, you know, the, what happened at the Rumble and the ring exploding on... And tonight we were going to see if the Undertaker was still with us. And I think that's what's exciting about it. I came here tonight to give a eulogy for my brother, the Undertaker. The man that I buried alive at Survivor Series. My brother and I used to share a common bond. We were monsters. But my brother committed the most unpardonable of all sins. He betrayed himself. He became one of you this man was not my brother this man was not a monster my brother was nothing but a fraud i buried him alive rest And it's a creepy little story as well behind it with Kane. And, uh, yeah, just everything, again, plays in really well. 
You see a shot back to Royal Rumble 2004. The lights go out, the bells toll, and Kane's like, no, I buried you alive. You're not real, you're dead. Mm. But, um, you know, a bit of fact going into this match. WWE paid for Paul Bearer to have gastric bypass surgery to convince him to return. Oh, yeah. And the real-life William Moody had critical weight issues that became apparent as his WWE tenure had progressed. While Moody shed quite a few pounds at the turn of the millennium, documented in a Raw magazine article of the time, he soon put it back on and would balloon to further immoderate levels. Moody admits in a shoot interview with Jim Cornette that by August 3, he was up to £545. Fucking hell, Yokozuna. Bigger than Yoko. It was at that time Jim Ross contacted Moody with a long-term plan for a WWE return as Undertaker's manager once more. Moody, ashamed of his appearance and battling other personal crises, he could barely confine his situation, situation to Ross. Once he had done so, Ross and McMahon came up with a plan to offer Moody a contract with signing bonus that would cover gastric bypass surgery, getting him back down to a manageable weight. Bearer re-emerges tonight at WrestleMania 20, still rather rotund, but at least a bit healthier compared to the previous year. Moody continued to drop weight long after his WWE return and wrote in August 2004 that he had reached a £200 lost. Wow, fair play to that. So Paul Bearer returns and it's the turn of the dead man. And what a great promo to get excited for the turn of the untake as well. But look at that, looks like New York is on fire with Kane coming out here. It's on fire, baby! Did you prefer Kane mask or no mask? Masked, definitely masked. And they did try after his unmasking to make him a monster, and this is kind of the end of it. But it, was it there to feed to the Undertaker? It was a bit weird, but Kane, we're going to have success. Like, talk about Hall of Famers and champions as well. You are the one that tried to buy me. I don't know, I think Kane, within about a year or two after his unmasked, he was still quite the demon-esque person. You know, it was a good change to his character where he went from... Like, you know, a non-talking mask guy to a robot-talking mask guy to a barely-talking mask guy to an unmasked guy to kind of like a fucking corporate cane in the end. Yeah, exactly. You know, he, he did a lot of changes there. It's like the Undertaker came back here at the moment. He's 11-0, if my fingers are correct. He's 11-0 at WrestleManias at the moment, facing Kane for the second time. Oh, yeah! My Undertaker! And we've got the Druids! And we got Paul Bearer coming out here with the urn. Is that a sign of things to come? And I like the fire that they leave on the floor as well. So Paul Bearer's here and the Druid setting stuff alight. And look at that one dribbling. Oh my God. And there's a the guy with a fire extinguisher. Don't be seen. It's not dry ice, ladies and gentlemen. It is. It's on fire, baby. Look at him, look. Oh. Yeah, let's walk over it with robes. That wouldn't pass the health and safety test nowadays. No. Ray White comes out in a fucking battery light. Well, the druids are here. Paul Bearer is here, but no sign of the Undertaker. Whoa! You're no son of mine. It's kind. We're waiting for the Undertaker now. James, there is a cold chill in the air. Hairs on the back of my neck standing up. And the crowd that booed Lesnar Goldberg earlier now completely behind this wrestling 
entertainment thing of believing a dead man is coming from the grave. We hear the music. And we see the ominous shape of the Undertaker. And James, there's one thing that Kane needs to learn. You can't kill something that is already dead. But I, the thing I really liked about it, though, as well, was the kind of like, if America Badass had died, this is what he would look like as well. You yeah. know what I mean? The kind of the Undertaker coming out now. And it's cool to kind of the renaissance the Undertaker would have, you know, and the WrestleMania matches he would go on to appear in as well. Well, do you think, like, you know, back when The Undertaker first debuted, if he'd have started off as mean Mark Callis, gone to the badass gimmick from that, and then been buried alive, and then come back as The Undertaker? Yeah. I mean, that he could have made it work that way, but I think there is no other character, there's no other wrestler that has done... More, more synonymous than with WrestleMania with WWE than The Undertaker in these past 30 years. I cannot imagine a WrestleMania without The Undertaker on. You know, when, when a streak was broken, I, I, I really couldn't believe that this, you know, could be the end. When you think about the kind of impact that he had, and it is WrestleMania as well, to come back and be involved in a match, you know, not to say to go on. We know my love of The Undertaker anyway, but to see him at a WrestleMania is something a little bit special. Oh, indeed, yeah. And against Kane, I think it's a perfect opponent as well. You know, because these two guys, for the past five years now, you know, we've been watching them on the WWE. They've always mesh, you know, been together. And you'll see them again throughout the years. Uh, they'll be the brothers of yeah. destruction. And then, you know, they'll always be on and off. Exactly. They've always got that connection there. And we see them facing off here at WrestleMania. When it was Kane, his in-ring debut proper, and this time it's the Undertaker return. And again, Kane's response to it as well is brilliant storytelling. You know, you're not alive, you're not alive. And even when the bell rings, you know, he's he has to reach out and touch him, the, still in disbelief. The monster's scared, you know, and to have the yeah. guy like that portraying it in this way just shows how good these guys are, you know. And look at the look on the Undertaker's face. <laughs> and Kane's still standing there opposite him in the ring. You're not real. You're dead. I buried you alive. I killed you. And it's this kind of storytelling I don't think we see much of nowadays. No, not at all, yeah. It has arrived back with eyes fully focused on Kane. And I think they're behind the Undertaker. Just, just a little bit. <laughs> well, Kane cannot believe what he's seeing. The Undertaker hasn't moved. Kane thinks he's a figment of his imagination. Oh, <laughs> well, he certainly believes he's real now that the Undertaker's clocked him with a huge right and take away lefts and rights. And a dead man's got a bit more life to him. Oh, my God. <laughs> Sending the referee scarpering for his life. Irish whip to Kane. The Kane holding on to the ring ropes and scarpering out the ring himself as well. Well, I think Kane believes now. And the Undertaker's not giving up on Kane. Kane catching Undertaker unawares, though. Huge right hands from him. Irish whip sending Kane back first into the edge of the ring apron. Now Kane placed in over the apron. And the Undertaker with a huge elbow right on the point of Kane. Huge leg drop to Kane over the edge of the ring apron. He's not finished his assault on him yet. The Undertaker wants to make him pay. He's going to pay. He's going to pay. 
And now Irish rip to Kane in the corner. Such force as well. Take a following it up with a huge lariat. And Kane has not been in this match at all. He can't concentrate on the fact that the Untaker is running at him and taking him out. The Undertaker going to look to finish this now. Oh, my God. Trying to hang down the Taker up on the top rope. Big boot from Kane. Well, it's not pretty, but it's affected by Kane. Take it down the Untaker. And see what the dead man's got Dead man's got left in him. Uh, Undertaker some trash talk as he's wailing away, but the Undertaker picking the arm, turning it round. He's got a mount on Kane. And I'll stand at the referee again. We should be focused on Kane. Sidewalk slam from the big red machine. And now Kane, I think that's 25. Kane's going up. Perched on the top rope. Huge clothesline takedown from Kane. Goes for a cover. One, two. Oh, only a two count. Two. Oh, my God. And both an exchanger, but Kane with a huge uppercut. Upper what? And now responds for Irish Rip in a corner. Undertaker sidestepping now. Comes flying off the ropes. A huge big boot. Drops the leg across the throat of Kane. Now the Undertaker's got the arm of Kane. Crowd chanting for old school. Undertaker happy to oblige. And now look at this. Just walking across the ropes. Beautifully done. And such high elevation. Gets caught around the throat by Kane though. And Kane saying, the Undertaker, I'm going to put you away. You son of a bitch, I told you not to come back. Undertaker with a choke of his own, though, and both men in a stalemate, trying to choke slam one another. Undertaker finally gets the better of it, with Kane fighting out of a huge back elbow. And now Kane's got Undertaker and choke slam. A heavy, a devastating, a devastating choke slam, knocking Taker down. And Kane's there, told you not to come back. And he's shouting at his dad. Look at your Undertaker now. As Kane is uh, standing tall, but Undertaker sitting up and oh. staring straight at his baby brother. <laughs> oh, my God. And Kane now is in trouble. Backing off now, saying, I'm sorry, but Undertaker catching him with a huge right hands. Irish whip, Undertaker drops his head, Kane with a kick under the chin. Undertaker stands up straight and hits him. Irish whip reversed by Kane, Undertaker ducking the clothesline attempt, going high and taking Kane out. And that was beautiful agility there, and now he's going to look maybe for the choke slam. He's got his brother around the throat. Plants him down. Now Paul Bearer telling him to finish it. Well, he's looking down at Kane. And you see the thumb slit in the throat, meaning the end. Kane. The end is not near. It is here. It's As he Kane. loads him up for the tombstone. Bang. Drops Kane on his head. One, two, three. And the Untaker on his return beats his brother Kane in, I think, a, a fantastic kind of showing. This is what the Undertaker's going to be now. This is what he's going to go moving forward. I think it works perfectly to bring it the Undertaker character up to date as they did. If they'd have known the success the Undertaker would carry on to have, it'd be unbelievable, you know? And even there with the Undertaker rolling his eyes back in the head, he hasn't perfected that yet because it's been so long since he's done it. 
But now we associate with him, you know, what the Undertaker truly is. What do you think that match, Dan? Yeah, I thought it was brilliant. A good story, you know, from a, a buried alive match to when the Undertaker was put out by Kane, well, by Vince McMahon with a bit of assistance from Kane. And then, you know, to coming back to the way he kind of taunted Kane at the Royal Rumble, uh, you know, earlier this year. And to finally showing up, you know, to Kane's disbelief and, you know, to to the way that Undertaker was treated in this match as well, you know, like yeah. he should have been. Without a doubt, you know, and I think this is what we see here with the Undertaker and it would propel him to have a great WrestleMania matches, you know, with, with, with future talents as well. You know, talk about the next two WrestleMania matches he would have. No, I'm lying to you. Fuck it. Forget that. But the Undertaker's here in New York City, Madison Square Garden. And he has returned, and what a night it's been! But there's only one match left now, unbelievably. After all that, and it's going to be for the World Heavyweight Championship. Can Chris Benoit win the big one? And he's going to try because he's going up against Shawn Michaels and Triple H. The Royal Rumble. Two men stood in this ring. They scratched. They clawed. They fought for what they believed in, and that is the World Heavyweight Champion. As both men were unable to answer the count of ten, the referee has declared that Triple H is still the World Heavyweight Champion. Shawn Michaels, you wrestled one hell of a match, but you did not win the Royal Rumble. So right now, I'd like the winner of the 2004 Royal Rumble to come out here to this ring. WrestleMania 20. It's going to be me, not you. Oh! Michael's just kicked in one to another lifetime. Wait a minute. What, what the hell is Sean doing? It turns out Eric Bischoff made a decision regarding the world title at WrestleMania. So for the first time, the World Heavyweight Championship will be decided at WrestleMania in a triple threat match. Triple H versus Shawn Michaels versus Chris Benoit.
will be all the edge I need. So, the main event, we've seen the promo to it, and of course we know how it all came about. Michaels and Triple H have been feuding for what seems like an eternity already, and they had a draw at the last man standing match at the Royal Rumble. Not a bad match. I'm sure Michaels return, and of course Chris Benoit going over an hour, winning the Royal Rumble, and choosing to go to Raw, and the first time ever that the world title will be on the line in a triple threat match. It will indeed, and we are going to both try our best not to drop any Benoit bombs. Can I just say, I want to make a point for Ashore Michaels coming out, Finkel. We've talked about referees tonight, we've talked about the wrestlers. Let's talk about Howard Finkel for a second, who's participated in every single WrestleMania. And why is WrestleMania called WrestleMania, Dan? I hear you ask. Because it was going to be called Finkelmania. Well, Howard Finkel suggested Vince McMahon. He goes, well, you know how Beatlemania was like back in the 60s. Why don't we have WrestleMania? So he actually came up with the name and has participated in the most WrestleManias than any other performer in WWE history. And Howard Finkel has some issues, but he's a Hall of Famer in our eyes here in the WNR podcast. And speaking of Hall of Famers, Shawn Michaels coming out here. Is he Mr. WrestleMania, Dan? Answer me on that. I don't know. It's It's a hard one because... You know, you can't discount Undertaker's WrestleMania streak. So, you know, if uh, you could argue that he's Mrs. WrestleMania to Undertaker's Mr. WrestleMania. Uh, well, when it comes to big match performances, there's a better performer than Shawn Michaels when the lights were on bright and it meant more than anything else. And we've seen tonight with Brock Lesnar who fell to pieces in a big match with Michaels here in the main event. I mean, it'd be hard to argue... Better matches. We need to go back to WrestleMania 10. 10 years ago for Michaels at this point when he was facing uh, Razor Ramon in the ladder match and kind of making history. And a kind of like the Iron Man match at WrestleMania 12. If you love it or hate it, he still went an hour. And then I think he did afterwards. Those two classic matches, the Untaker as well. So for me, it's difficult to argue. And uh, as Benoit comes out here now, there's no doubt, you know, to appreciate his talent as we wait for Triple H, the World Heavyweight Champ. Oh, definitely. You can tell with Chris Benoit after winning the Royal Rumble, he has got his eyes firmly fixed on the heavyweight championship. And he said, you know, the story is 18 years, you know, working his way through to get to this moment at WrestleMania. But he's going to have to go through the game. He's held it for the majority of 2003. And again, you know, for all this worth, you can't discount Triple H as a brilliant performer throughout his time in WWE. Yeah. I know, you know, he has his critics of... uh, Shagging his railway position or marrying his way to it, whichever way you want to look at it. But, you know, he is, Triple H is definitely one that, you know, you can't say hasn't got passion for the business. Without a doubt, you know, he, he loves what he does and uh, he's, he's, he's a player in the game, you know, so to speak. 
and whether you know, like you said, he's been put in these positions in the card because if it, it, you know, there was one time in point during two thousand, he was the great, he was the best wrestler on the planet in my eyes, you know, yeah. and still looking back at it now, he was. And since then, you know, he is a great performer, but there are some things with Triple H that can annoy you, but he, he does put in the hard work, you know. Can I just talk about Benoit before we start, or do you want me to talk about him at the end? Talk about him as much as you like, James. All right. This this moment on what we're going to see this match and the ending, is it taken away from it what happened, obviously, with Benoit and a tragedy for you as a fan? I know you loved it originally happened. Obviously, has some of the luster gone for it, or can you still... No, no, it still has the same meaning that it did have before. You know, I... You know, we've we've commented and we've, you know, we've made jokes about what has happened in the past. But, you know, you you still can't take anything away from Benoit as an in-ring performer and an amazing athlete and his passion for what he did. You know, he thoroughly deserves to be in this position he's in at the moment. And, you know, you, you could say that wrestling as a business kind of let him down for what had happened later on in his life. <coughs> you know, it, you can't blame wrestling because obviously, you know, people have been through similar to what he's done and not kind of had the same outcome either. But, you know, it is, I, I look at this match as, you know, father was a wrestler, not the Chris Benoit that kind of partook in that tragedy that happened a few years later. Well, what we've seen storyline-wise is Triple H is kind of the lead man, you know, lead guy, and that's why Benoit wants to go after him. Michaels is kind of laser-focused at the moment on Triple H. You can see at the start of the match, Benoit basically having to say, look, I'm involved as well, and now going after Michaels. Well, you see, like, you know, before this match started, Shawn Michaels came out of the contract signing that Benoit had chosen Triple H, and Michaels said, look, you know, we wrestled to a no contest. I deserve my place in this one. Sweet your music, Benoit. Signed his name in the contract as well. That's turning it into a triple threat match. And these two guys, I would love to have seen a few more matches between these two because, again, both amazing, very technical wrestlers and brilliant at what they do. Benoit trying to go for backside. Michael's blocking it. Trying to take the arm and going for the cross face, but Michael's turning it into a pinning attempt. Only getting a two count. Two you can definitely tell these men are up for it here tonight. Northern Knight suplex by Benoit and he gets a two. Two. So is this match taking the right place as the main event on the card? I know it is, you know, it could partially be due to the win of the Royal Rumble, getting the main event at WrestleMania. But, you know, would you have put any other match? Well, if you were going to put a match, it might have been Eddie versus Kurt Angle, but I don't think there was enough build-up to that Michaels-Triple H feud and inject that with a Benoit Rumble win. I think it makes sense with that to be in the main event, especially when they're going to get the moment that we're going to get. And I feel that's what WrestleMania is all about. And it's been lacking maybe a couple of years that you, you, you don't get your fairytale moments. You know, even though it is predictable, you still want, you know, that's the whole point of a WrestleMania is to get the kind of ending stories and get your person that you've been cheering for for that year or those few months to actually get on top. Like I said, Benoit's been fighting for how many years? And I feel this year as well, without the Kofi Kingston coming involved, there's a perfect opportunity to give us moments that we will absolutely, you know, treasure and be involved in clips. Most certainly, yeah. Goes for a cover, but only a two count. Two. <clears throat> Benoit trying to make his way back into the ring, goes low on Triple H to the midsection, hits him a second time. 
Oh, but the game getting the knee up for the third attempt. Benoit to go to the midsection. And that follows him to the outside. And, of course, triple threat match. The rules are kind of changed in these. You know, there's no count-out rules, no uh, disqualification. It is first man to get the pinfall or submission. Gets the victory in a title. And the problem for that Triple H, he could be the man not be pinned in this match. But Michael's there, base will slide. And Triple H goes up top. Looking for a moonsault off the top. Takes out both Benoit and Triple H. Now all three men are down. Well, Benoit sending Michaels into that ring post. Both men, oh, All three men got back in. And Michaels paid for that one. Now it could be Triple H and Benoit for a little bit. And the fans firmly behind the Canadian. Yeah, and I absolutely love Benoit's snap suplexes as well. Picture perfect. Well, he based a lot of stuff on a Dolomite kid. But like I said, with Benoit, and we talked about earlier with certain wrestlers, it's just everything's on point. You know, it, there's, there's not mistakes coming from Benoit. If there is, he recovers quickly from it. Gets thrown stern and first into the top turnbuckle by Triple H. Oh, placed up top as well. Benoit trying to fight out as much as he can, but Triple H clubbing blows to the back. Hangs Benoit up in the tree of woe. And now Triple H got hold of Michaels as Benoit's caught. Oh, oh Irish whips HBK <laughs> into Benoit. Goes for the cover on Michaels. One, two. No, only a two count. Two. Now you can see the cerebral assassin in the ring. Just figuring out a game plan. Working through what's it going to take to win. <coughs> Triple H looking to Irish whip Michaels in, but no, it gets reversed. Benoit gets his foot up. Roll up by Michaels, but a two count for him. Two. And now Michaels, Irish whip reversed by Triple H. Ducks a clothesline attempt, hits a flying forearm. HBK nipping up to his feet. But Benoit just immediately eliminates him from the Royal Rumble. Straight over the top rope. Turns his attention Back to Triple H. German without the release. Looking for his second. Triple H blocking it though. Hitting a big back elbow. But clubbing blows from Benoit. Manages to free him up for the German. And the third with the release. And now Benoit saying that's the end of things now. I can see the title in his sights. He looks to go up top. Maybe for that diving headbutt. Well, no, Michael's crunching him on the top. And now Michael's might be looking for a bit of sweet chin music on Triple H. Now the game ducks it. Plants Michael's with a DDT who rolls to the outside. And while trying to recover to take Triple H out, but gets cut off. And now look at Triple H just assaulting Chris Benoit on that top turnbuckle. Both men perched in a very precarious position. Benoit trying to fight Triple H off. A headbutt by Triple H we don't see often. Superplex from the second rope. One, two. No, Benoit kicking out. Ah. Benoit trying for the cover again, unsuccessfully. And for the third time, but still not successful. Now Triple H just working on Benoit. Now chopped by Benoit, but lead to the midsection. Now both men just traded. And Triple H giving as good as he's getting. Irish whip from Benoit. Drops his head, but Triple H tries to lock in the pedigree. Benoit fighting out, picking the arm. Looking for the cross face. 
And again, fighting out with everything he's got. Finally locked in, though, by Benoit. Now Benoit's got it in. Triple H's got nowhere to go. Oh, Saved by the heartbreak, kid. Now Benoit going for the shot, but Michael's now German suplex. And we don't see that. Don't see him hit it last time. What? Now Benoit with a standing switch. delivers a German to Michael's. Looking for the seconds. Michael struggling to get to that top rope. And the trivector as well. Both men are down. Benoit standing tall. Looking to end this one with a head. <coughs> well, he didn't go for the cover. But now he's going to look to finish Michaels. Hits his mark. If he can get across, this is over. One, two, oh. no. Somehow Michael's managing to kick out. Uh. Benoit can't believe it goes for the cover again, but it only two. Two. Now Benoit with Irish trip to Michael's. HBK with a flying forearm though. Benoit down on the outside. Michael's and Triple H down in the ring. But the game's beginning to recover. But is there life in Michael's? Yes, there is as he nips up to his feet. Inverted atomic drop to Triple H. Clotheslines him down. Triple H gets to his feet but every time finds Michaels responding with a clothesline. Scoop slam from Michaels. Now is he going to go up top and try his luck? That home what? run in the bottom of the ninth. Oh my God, Michaels off the top of the elbow. And we know what normally follows the elbow. Well, HBK going to tune up the band. Could it be time for Michaels to reclaim his World Heavyweight Championship? You see Benoit recovering on the outside though. Oh. Bang, hits its mark straight on the chin of Triple H. Goes for a cover. One, two. Benoit pulling Triple H out. Well, Michael's definitely had it one then. And then Michael's obviously upset by that going after Benoit. Michael's and Benoit exchanging blows on the outside. Both roll into the ring. Oof. He's chopped to the chest of Benoit. And again, just rocking Benoit's body back. Irish whip reversed and Michael's up and down in the corner. Benoit looking for the sharpshooter now. <clears throat> and Michael's trying to fight out. Oh no, but he's caught him. Bang, head first into the ring post. Michael's is busted open. Oh my God. And that is a deep gusher there. As Michael's in serious trouble. Benoit can smell blood. And HBK's punch drunk. He's been locked in the crossface. Trying to fight with everything he's got though. Well, Michael's coming in and now he's caught. And Michael's Mike... bleeding like a sieve. Inches away from tapping out. Oh, just as he's about to drop his hand, the game grabs hold of him. Stopping him from tapping. Punches away at Benoit to try and relinquish the hold. Well, Triple H there, not only saving Michaels, but saving his World of Weight Championship. Indeed, yeah. Well, I don't think he was intentionally trying to save Michaels, <laughs> just trying to save his title. But Benoit trying to bounce, uh, sorry, Triple H trying to bounce Benoit's head off the steel steps. Benoit blocks it, returns the favour, sends Triple H head first into the ring steps. Well, Benoit covered in Michael's blood is now going to go only attack a Triple H. And now going to Irish whip. No, reverse by the game, sending Benoit back and shoulder first. 
Oh my god, now Triple H's got the announce table. Rearranging a bit of furniture there. Well, Taz and Michael Cole's night are over. They're just sitting there watching the action. Oh, having to try and encourage Triple H not to do it, but I don't think he's listening to him. And now Benoit sends Triple H into the Spanish announce table. Hola! Carlos Cabrera and Hugo Savinovich are scarpering. And what's Benoit going to try and do? German suplex! Uh, Triple H holding on, fighting off with some back elbows. And Triple H just moving the monitor so he's got room to work. Clubbing blows at the back of Benoit. Well, if Triple H does this, Benoit's going to be out this match. Looking for the pedigree. No, Benoit's fighting out this time. And Michael's helping out his former DX brother. Well, look what Benoit just did to Michael's and he's looking at Triple H. We put Benoit out. It's just left to us two. Double suplex sending Benoit through the table. Well, Benoit's out. It is, and Michaels and Triple H could kind of finish what they started at the Royal Rumble. Well, what they started before the Royal Rumble. Nearly 10 years of problems between Triple H and Michaels. Michaels in the ring, points at the game. Says, you, me, let's finish it right here, right now. Triple H gets in the ring and here he goes. Turn into a slobber knocker. Michael's back in Triple H, Triple H in the corner, but Triple H turned it round and Michael's turning the momentum round as well. Then neither man getting a solid upper hand. Irish whip reverse. No, Michael's sending him back into the corner he came from. Triple H with a pectoral buster taking out a cameraman as well. JR pleading with the people backstage for some EMTs. Benoit hasn't moved an inch. Oh, we've got some trainers down. The cameraman just got knocked out as well. Michael sending Triple H head first. Oh, another cameraman going down. Well, Michael's can't see a thing. The blood's covering his sight now as well. Uh-oh. Triple H is busted open. And... Do you think blood is something that should be used from time to time in WWE? Are you happy not to see it? Um... I, I think this is telling in the story the intensity for this. So it does help in the storyline. But, you know, I think too much kind of destroys it. It makes it worthless. This is the thing for me. I, I used to love blood. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I used to, love, you know, like watching it in a bloody matches and all that kind of stuff. But seeing it now, I am a bit shocked. Triple H with the pedigree onto Shawn Michaels. But can barely stand up to cover him. It is a bit shocking, especially when you see the visual of Michaels there just covered in blood, especially when it's a bit innocuous, you know, maybe a little bit less. Yeah. And now Triple H is gushing open. Can the game recover to put an arm across Michaels? He does one, two. Oh, but Benoit from out of nowhere, breaking up the pinfall attempt. Um, Yeah, with blood, it is, it is a bit of a weird one because, you know, we haven't seen it all night. You know, yeah. if three or four of the matches that have had blood in it, then, you know, it's like, oh, for fuck's sake. It kind of takes away from it. But with this, you know, Triple H and Shawn Michaels absolutely hate each other. And, you know, they want to bust each other open. They want to hurt each other, end each other's career. And it's it's a pivotal part of the storytelling. But, you know... It's... But is it does it affect is it not having it wrestling today, though? I think there's a slight effect. You know, maybe like the Gagano-Chomper match, if that had had a little bit of blood in it. 
you know, and just little moments here and there. You know, maybe once, twice, three, maybe four times at most a year. Like, you know, in the really serious matches that mean a lot and most things to everyone, then, yeah, I think it helps. Well, Michael's knocked out the ring, and now it's between Benoit and Triple H. Both men fighting. Triple H looking for the pedigree, but Benoit reverses it. Turns into the sharpshooter. As Canadian as Chris Benoit is, will Triple H tap? Well, Triple H is caught with nowhere to go. Triple H knows he's going to kiss goodbye to his world title. Triple H struggling to get to that rope. And Mike- Fingertips away, but getting dragged back to the middle. Michaels is nowhere to be seen. Well, Benoit's got the sharpshooter in tight. It's only a matter of seconds. Bang! Oh. Switching music for Michaels to Benoit. Well, Benoit may be out. No, well, I, I, I correct myself. Benoit is out. Yeah. If Michaels can get the cover now. Drapes an arm across Benoit. Two. No. There's still life in Benoit yet. Somehow imagine a kick out. Uh, HBK is going to try his luck with Triple H. No. Well, the fans chant Benoit, but it's Michaels. who has got the advantage even though it looks like he's been involved in the car accident. Oh, yeah. There's a tree. I'm going to hit it. But Benoit's first to his feet. Switching music. No. Benoit deposits HBK to the outside. Right now, Triple H from behind. Kick to the midsection, looking to load up the pedigree. No, turned round. Crossface. Locked in deep as well. The crowd cheering and loving what they're seeing. Triple H can't get to that bottom rope. Can he reach? He's in trouble. Oh, Benoit has got it cinched in. Triple H is fading fast. Oh, my God. Crowd just waiting. Triple H. Well, no. Triple H fighting. Trying to get some alleviation, but Benoit rolls through with it. Now Triple H is even further away from the rope. Benoit wrenching back as much as he can. And Triple H knows this is the end. And he taps out. And Benoit's dream has come true. And what a moment for Chris Benoit. What a moment for the crowd. Sent home happy. Gets a job done with a crossface. And um, you can see what it means to Benoit. It's just pure emotion. The three men delivering an absolute classic. Dan, what are your thoughts? Absolutely brilliant match as well. You know, um, again, the storytelling was perfect. And you can see what 18 years hard work means to Chris Benoit. And, you know, you definitely know that the Triple H Shawn Michaels saga isn't over. Yeah. Not for a long shot. And... You know, it is, this is what WrestleMania is all about. The feel-good feeling after, you know, after the main event and a thoroughly deserved moment for Chris Benoit. Without a doubt, you know, what a great match it was. You see people bleeding and busted open and uh, the announced table bump Benoit took. And then in the end, Benoit making Triple H tap out with the cross face. Yes, James. <laughs> 
This is the first WrestleMania to end with a submission. It wasn't Bret Hart's sharpshooter or Ric Flair's figure four that got the honours, but rather Chris Benoit's cripple across face. The triple threat match that we've just seen is one of the most physical in WrestleMania history, reaching, in, reaching an emotional climax when Benoit snared seemingly unbeatable main event dictator Triple H in the crossface, shockingly forcing the submission from a man that seemingly never did jobs. For any smart that loathed Triple H and perceived its sway over the WWE landscape, it was gratifying to see a then-heroic Matt Wrestling underdog be the one to undersee him on the big stage. The pot sweetened tap out. But, since then, four WrestleManias have ended via submission. James? Yes? I challenge you to name them. Wow, that is very difficult, isn't it? So, WrestleMania 20 was the first one, you say? Well, yep. WrestleMania 21 didn't have it. 22. Well, that had a submission, Dan. I think that was John Cena versus Triple H. WrestleMania 23. Did he? Did John Cena make Michaels tap out at WrestleMania 20? I believe so, yes. And 24, WrestleMania Untaker, Edge. WrestleMania 25. Uh, wait a minute. WrestleMania 24, Untaker made Edge tap out as well. Yeah. And then WrestleMania 30, Daniel Bryan... With Batista. Indeed, yes. And that's how I get all the ladies and come to emotional climax every night. Benoit's just won the World Championship, but look who's in the ring, Dan. Eddie Guerrero, the man who spurred him on and fired him up to help win this match. You know, saying, look, I don't believe in you. Chris Benoit saying, well, I believe in me. And Eddie Guerrero was like, yep, that is the man. And this emotional embrace, these two guys linked together in WCW came up together to WWE and, you know, the emotional embrace. Both men have finally reached the top of wrestling. They have completed wrestling. Yeah, <laughs> without a doubt. It's brilliant. You know, two of the hardest working guys the past 20 years finally getting a moment. And in the grandest stage of them all, it's not Hogan or an Austin or a Rock. It's an Eddie Guerrero and Chris Benoit. And this is saying maybe where it all begins again. And maybe looking back, at WrestleMania 20, Dan, nearly 15 years ago now, about the talent that have come through since. And this year at WrestleMania, as we look at it, people like AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan and all the other smaller talent that have come through, Finn Balor, and all these other have had the opportunity and the doors were opened by people like Benoit and Guerrero having the success they did in WWE at this time. Indeed. So what a moment that is. And what a WrestleMania it's been. It's been a really good choice. Are you pleased with your choice this year? I am very happy with my choice. Yeah, it is one of my personal favourite WrestleManias. You know, it has a bit of everything. You see the emergence of like the new talent coming through to WWE. Um, you know, you, you see a bit of... Uh, bit of bra and panties as well, which is always good for... Uh, I'll tell you something, before we have a first show, let's run through the card then, as the WWE just giving us the wrap-up video as well. We started off with John Cena versus the Big Show for the United States Championship. Yeah, it was, a, it was a very good start to the show. Again, you know, who would have believed that John Cena would go on to have one of the most illustrious careers in the next 15 years. Yeah, yeah exactly. It's a great opening with a really hot crowd. They're 100% behind John Cena. It's great to see. Match 2 is RVD, RVD Booker T versus Love Resistance versus Gaiden Jindrak versus Dudley's. Pretty standard tag team match this Are week. Are we scoring these? What was your score the first match? I gave it a 3.25. 3.25, I gave it 3 out of 5. 
So the second match, tag team title match. Uh, basic tag match before anything happened really I gave it 3 out of 5 as well yeah it, it was a bit of a shambles at times a bit too short but terrible and I gave that a 3 Christian versus Jericho I thought there was some great storytelling it was a very good match overall and the ending was good as well you know it was kind of an innovative end you thought oh Trish Stratus is going to come out to help the man who's confessed her love but no she done the double switch yeah. turned heel in the process and it, it was a very good ending, and both these guys are flawless in the ring, and I gave that a four. I gave that a four as well, and they both look, all look like stars coming out of that. It's fantastic. Eva versus Sock were next. Uh, not a bad match, better than I actually remember, even though it was very comedy at times with Flair and The Rock involved with it and Foley. But if we weren't getting the victory was the right thing, I didn't think it would happen nowadays for the younger talent getting over. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it was a very uh, a very enjoyable match, and I quite enjoyed the good little antics in between it. You know, it was kind of like a, a bit of a comic relief match. I gave that a three and a half out of five. I get three and a half out of five as well. Then Sable Tory versus Jackie and uh, Stacy. Well, that match it, it wasn't really great wrestling, but very, very, very good eye candy, and I gave that a three because of. TNA. I gave that a 2 out of 5 because that's what we were wrestling used to be and we're hoping to forget about it. Uh, then we had the Cruiserweight title open uh, Charvo Ray but, but again a bit more time w- would really really work but of course you're not going to have that Wrestlemania trying to showcase like, the whole Cruiserweight division. Slow Charvo get the sneaky victory but Ray looked like the kind of megastar in that one but Dragon looked quite impressive from time. Uh, yeah, indeed. Yeah, it was very good action, and all the guys done well. They played their part brilliantly. Um, I gave that a three and a half out of five. I gave that a three out of five. Then it was Lesnar versus Goldberg. Um, it started slow and didn't pick up speed. Um, you know, you could tell Lesnar was someone who kind of what I thought he started off well with. You know, in his first couple of years. He looked unstoppable and he just looked like a complete fucking jackass there and I gave that a two and a quarter. I gave it a two out of five. Just, I hated it and the more, you know, I'd just move on from it. Benjamin Haas versus Vikishi Scotty, APA Bashams. Uh, filler, short, did its job, I suppose. Three out of five again, you know, just basic standard, you know what I mean? Just getting moving along with the action. Yeah, it, it wasn't great. Could have uh, Could have had a bit more from... Uh, Ron Simmons. Yeah, yeah, Fruit could have done more. Two mo- two moves from him, but um, you know, I, I, I look, I look forward to seeing more from the world's greatest tag team as well, Benjamin and Haas. I think they're a great talent. I gave that a three out of five. Yeah, I gave that a three out of five as well. Uh, and then we had Molly versus Victoria again, really, really short. Uh, which I was disappointed in. Uh, but it's a good moment to see Molly getting her head shaved because that's what she really wanted, Dan. You know. Yes, indeed. Yeah, um, you know both these women were very underrated in their time. You know, compared to the other match that we had seen as well, it it was oh, apples and oranges. Yeah, completely different contrasts. And uh, you know, it's a shame they didn't focus more on the latter than they did on the pre-one. But it wasn't a terrible match between the two. And you know, it, again, I think the consequences for. Molly Holly losing the match. It was it was quite a, again another little bit of comic relief. I go that three and a half out of five. I go that three out of five. Uh, Eddie versus Angle. Slow start for me, but I think really really picked up 
towards the end there. You can see the chemistry between the two. Uh, and the boot involved as well, I thought it was cool. I go about four out of five. Um, uh, a great performance. Brilliant ending. Two of my favourite wrestlers. Uh, I gave that a four and a half out of five. Uh, Taker versus Kane. The Undertaker's return. Uh, again, you know, a good story. It was told, you know, all the way back from the Buried Alive match where we got, we saw the end of the the badass, the American badass. And, uh, yeah, it, the theme of tonight has been great storytelling and both was very good in the ring as well. Mm. Um, uh, I gave that a four out of five. Yeah, I gave that a four out of five. I loved the Undertaker and to see him come back like that. Set the rest of his career up, basically. Then the main event, Triple H versus Michaels versus Benoit, a five-star WrestleMania classic. I would say that is a, a, a five out of five main event there, with a story told in it, with the performances by all three men. And I don't know the last time WrestleMania has had that type of main event level match involved. And I think every WrestleMania to stand out needs a five out of five match, as well as different stories and stuff like that. Was there anything really that was groundbreaking that we saw could argue WrestleMania 20. Is it going to be one of the... Is it on the top five greatest WrestleMania of all time? Probably not. But, when you, you know, you, you could argue here or there if it is or not. But when you've got a main event like that, when you've got a show, uh, I think that it really, really delivered. What do you think of the, the main event? Yeah, it, it was um, a great performance. And it was a very good story tale ending as well. You know, someone who's scratched and clawed for 18 years... Finally got his big opportunity by winning the Royal Coming out second, I think he did. Mm-hmm. Uh, lasting for over an hour. Finally getting into like the match and then to be kind of pushed aside because Triple H was in a huge rivalry with Shawn Michaels at the time. But, you know, inserted himself into that one with dominance. And all three guys given the performance of a lifetime. Again, telling a great story. You could see what it meant to all three guys as well. And, you know, just the ending as well. The emotion captured in the ending yeah. summed it up for me. Yeah, and, and I think, you know, like I said, the, the main event there uh, put the chair on, so on, on what I thought was a very solid event. What was your match of the, What did you give your score for that? Five. I gave that five, yeah. So that's your match of the night. So what do you think of the event? I know you picked it emotionally, but looking back in it, when you take the emotion away and just look at it on it as a card, what are your thoughts on it? And you're rating out of 10. <clears throat> I thought it was a very good card. Um, you know, there was some moments that done without, i.e. the Goldberg-Lesnar matches. The tag team matches could have been changed slightly, you know, to have a better two-on-two match and uh, deliver something there. But, um, you know, overall, I thought it was a very good card. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. What about you, Jimbo? I thought you liked this event. I did. Well, I might surprise you in my score then, because I gave this an eight and a half out of ten. Just for the reasoning is when you've got a five-star match, you've got uh, a couple other matches involved in it that kind of stand out with Christian and Jericho. I really, really like that. With John Cena at the start, the Untaker returning, even this story told near the angle. Plus, it felt like a, a big event. The, my only problem was is that not all the matches delivered. And if all the matches delivered, that would have been 10 out of 10 because the promotional push for this made it out to be the greatest event of all time. And I think after that main event, you've got to be happy with WrestleMania 20. You get given what it was. You know, it's a very similar thing of what we see nowadays with like four and a half hours long for WrestleMania. But you get given everything. You know, everybody's involved in it. And 
I'd be sent home happy with the Benoit and Eddie Guerrero thing. I think that's a, that's a good thing. So eight and a half. Is it the greatest first man of all time? No, probably not. But it's a good one. Yeah, yeah, I agree with what you're saying. It was, um, you know, I could have done with a bit less with a bit more time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, think, I agree with you, but I think it's worthwhile. And, uh, oh, definitely worth the watch, yeah. yeah. exactly. It so, is a WrestleMania that I'll probably watch a few more times over the next few years. So that is it for our Mystery WrestleMania for this year. And uh, we're on to the huge weekend next week, our live weekend. We're live Friday, Saturday and Sunday, bringing you NXT TakeOver on the Friday night, Hall of Fame on the Saturday, and of course WrestleMania pre-show on the Sunday. It's going to be huge but don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at WNetReview or at Vince McDan, WWE. I'm at Janscore Rollins across all the Google platforms. Send us an email at podcast at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. Yes, Facebook. Come and find our page and give us a like with a WWE Network Review podcast. Or you can find and add me as a friend. I am Vince McDan. Subscribe to our YouTube channel, WWE Network Review Podcast. A podcast go up on YouTube to do other places like SoundCloud. On your phone. At the same time. We're also on Speaker Radio. We've got our live shows, Stitch Radio, and iTunes. We can download, subscribe, rate, and review there. But that is it. I have been James Rollins, and as always, I was joined by... Damn right. Thanks for this, everybody, and bye. Bye.